Obscenity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. (laughs) What is that about? I don't know. Do you ever just have like a day that doesn't stop and then you try to go to sleep and you get a shitty night's sleep and then you have another day that doesn't stop? I suppose. It's just the sleep deficit Ah. day after day. And then I miss things like Kavanaugh almost getting murdered. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear. Uh, Yes. Uh, First things first, I do want to say thank you to everybody for a very positive response to my uh, indefensible shilling on Sunday. Um, it, yeah. it actually is very humbling and really incredible. And I'll speak more about it on Sunday, but at my earliest opportunity, I do want to, uh, thank those who, um, who decided to send a little bit of support to the show. And, uh, I just, we, we appreciate it very much. So things are in good That's shape true. there and we appreciate it. I felt guilty about it, but then I realized that most people shill on their shows every episode. And I don't think we've ever done it before. I certainly have before, but, uh, you know, the, the, and of course we run ads and, and some other things, but as far as the encouragement for the subscriptions, rarely, uh, it's kind of mentioned here and there. And of course we, uh, we read stories about lovemaking fiction as well. Fiction. eh? That's a form of shilling. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Appreciate everybody uh, for that. And then the big news of the day. Yeah, apparently some crazy guy outside of Kavanaugh's house late last night or early this morning, I guess. Armed, also had a knife, uh, zip ties, pepper spray, a whole kit. And I guess called 911 on himself is the story that I read (laughs) and said he had planned to kill Kavanaugh and then kill himself. And he also told investigators his motivation specifically was the, uh, the Dobbs leak, the case that will overturn Roe unless they change something about it, as well as, ironically, I guess, uh, Kavanaugh's views on the Second Amendment, even though this guy apparently this guy had a Glock 17 with him. So mm. I assume that he intended to murder by gun, but he also had a few other weapons. Yikes. Well, how are they going to spin this? I don't know. Just not talk about it, I guess. But of course, everybody is referencing uh, I, I, Properly, at least by the standards that we've set. Now, do I think that Chuck Schumer is responsible for this guy? Uh, probably not. However, by the standards that we've set, where you say a thing, recall, Chuck Schumer said what, uh, two years ago, he, he gave a whole speech. I'm talking to you, Gorsuch. I'm talking to you, Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah. You won't know what hit you. Threatening <laughs> them about, I forget, it might have been abortion rights stuff. And it, what what Schumer said is certainly much more direct than anything Trump has ever said related yeah. to January 6th. If you if you're going to go after Trump for incitement to insurrection, you must go after Chuck Schumer for incitement yeah, to insurrection. Yeah. But anyway, that'll never happen. It would be fun to watch, though, if it did. Never going to happen. No. But uh, perhaps we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, tonight. 
as the night progresses. But uh, most of you know how the call in show works. If you are new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, there are instructions for how to do that in the uh, description of whatever video streaming platform you may be viewing on. If you'd like to participate, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live. Of course, you can send us um, an email question. The way to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question uh, form, that is. And we will uh, we'll get to those at the end of the stream, as we always do. We'll check in with your super chats every half hour as well. Anything else before we hop into the calls? Uh, no, let's do it. All right. Tom is up first. Tom, are you there? How's Tom? it going? Ah, what's on your mind? I don't know what Blonde's screaming about. No, it just sounds like he's coming from some kind of underwater cave or something. Oh, oh sounds sorry. Sounds fine same to me. Setup as I usually have. Oh, what's up, Tom? Um, do the vaxxed and the unvaxxed people spread COVID at the same rate? Because I've had a couple of instances lately where, uh to imply that because I'm on vax that I'm more of a danger than somebody who's fully vaxxed and and boosted I don't know what the rates are but I do know that the CDC will tell you that the vaccine does not prevent transmission does it suppress transmission I don't know the answer to that but my my layman guess is that the the effect is not so significant if if it was Let's say that the the vaccine cut transmission rates in half. You know the CDC would be all over that. Instead, sure. they they say they say that it doesn't. They don't emphasize its its effect, if any, on transmission, which tells me that it's pretty negligible, if anything. Well, I don't know the specific numbers, though. Sure, it would make sense if they spread it more easily. You, yeah, it could be that you're right. Like the, the actually spreads more among the vaccinated. That's possible. Well, OK, so let's say that the vaccine is effective by not necessarily stopping people from tra- transmitting the virus or um, getting the virus, which we already know, but their symptoms might become subclinical. And in the absence of symptoms, people are probably going about their business more. Mm. So it's possible they're transmitting it. Okay, so that wouldn't yeah. be in that wouldn't be like an immune uh, uh, any kind of protection from your immune system. That would just be a product of you, yeah, mixing with people more because you're more confident because you're vaccinated, right? Yeah, uh, and it weakens your immune system. That might have something to do. With I suppose, it. yeah. Uh, did you have more thoughts on it, Tom? No, I was just I was just curious about that whether there were, whether somebody knew about something because it's just it gets kind of kind of annoying, you know. I saw um, just before live, I saw some story about Moderna has some new version of their vaccine that supposedly protects against Omicron even better. And then I'm thinking, who who are these people who are still waiting and still eager for the earliest opportunity to get the latest round? of coronavirus vaccine. I mean, that, I, yeah. I can't believe these people still exist and they're still signing up and they're still getting in line, but apparently they're out there. Here we are. And max, va- uh, mask mandates are supposed to be starting to come back now. I saw that in uh, my old stomping ground of uh, Alameda County, California, which is like Oakland, Alameda, uh, they apparently have brought back an indoor mask mandate within the last week. 
Um, but that's really the only one that I've heard of. I, I don't know what compliance looks like. Who knows? And also, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, a similar part of the country. Chase Boudin ousted last night the recall effort for the San Francisco prosecutor. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, not even close, actually. He was ousted by a wide margin. Well, that's reassuring. Yeah. Not what do you too. Think it uh, is crime. Yeah. Well, you know, they literally got mugged uh, by reality in San Francisco. So. Uh, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Uh, I didn't mean to jump on your call, Tom, but uh, did you have any more thoughts on the vaccines or the masks? No, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's nice that things are opening and I'm, I'm able to go back to some, some of the venues that I've missed in the last, uh, in the last two years. Hmm. And that's certainly nice, but it gets it, you know, there's still these niggling little, ooh, what? Sorry, uh, these are, <laughs> These little things that that are still a little bit uh, prickly, you know. Yeah, I, I did see two people today with masks on at the grocery store. He said the N word. Not old people. I, In Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, I stared this guy down. Like I stopped my shopping cart and I was like, <laughs> I need to get more confident in my glare. I guess I do see <laughs> somewhere, but I'm willing. Whenever I see, you know, like a seventy-plus-year-old person with a hunched back and everything and a walker. It's like, all right, I'll give you a pass. But if you're healthy, I guess yeah, I shouldn't assume, doing? though, you know, not everybody's healthy just because they look healthy, I suppose. Yeah, but like what what autoimmune condition are you? He was like a 40 year old guy with a beard. I was like, oh. what do you have, AIDS? Like, what's <laughs> what are you so worried about, man? Uh, maybe it's monkeypox. Monkeypox is not a big deal. Well, uh, thank you for the thoughts, Tom. Appreciate it. Oh, final thought uh, real quick. Sure. Sure. If you saw a penny on the sidewalk, would you pick it up? No. Um, a pen. Are you serious? I, don't know. I would. God, we should have started shilling for the show like a no, way, it's not, way longer ago. It's not like a it's not like a value thing. It's just like a lucky charm, you know? Oh, OK. Yeah. I feel a lot better now. OK, yeah. would you pick up a nickel? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Maybe I mean, sure. I pick up a nickel. Yeah, I mean, well, that's I, not I, true. In Matt's case, if it's not a value thing, but they're all okay. I guess our pennies penny, pick it up. Our pennies more lucky than nickels. So that's the question. Pennies are lucky, and nickels, as far as I know, have no surrounding lore. But I'm a big Thomas Jefferson fan, so you know. Anytime. Oh my god, <laughs> it's also tiresome. Definitely, de- right. definitely take Jefferson over Lincoln. So that's an argument for the nickel. Get out of here, Tom. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) See ya. See you, man. Bye-bye. That is such a dignified name. Thomas? Yeah, it's such a dignified, unremarkable name. You don't know what to name your kid, name him Thomas. Uh, It's, I don't know that it's what I would pick, but to your point, it's not one of those names on the hate list, you know? And I'm not... I'm not trying to call anybody out because I don't want to say I hate this name or that name because I'm sure we have listeners of this name or that name. But everybody knows that there are certain names that you just associate with bitches and bastards in your life. You know, Tiffany. I've not known a lot of Tiffany's, but I could see it. (laughs) Sorry to sorry to the Tiffany that's listening. You know, not a big fan of the name Lauren either, although I am. I like the name. I like Lauren Witzke. So. Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, get back to the calls. Locks are masculine objects. Locks. What's up, guys? What's Hi. on your mind? So, uh, Blonde, I was in uh, 
Coeur d'Alene. I think it was the Sunday before your uh, sister-in-law gave birth. And it probably wasn't your sister-in-law, but I saw an enormously pregnant woman walking by this, like, I was sitting outside this pie and coffee place. Was it Birdie's Pie? That was the one. Yeah, it was her. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Small world. Yeah. Was it on it a Thursday snowy. because was... they were getting me some a taco pie? <laughs> oh wow. Oh, that's crazy. What is a taco uh, pie? I mean, I guess I can infer, but what it sounds like. You get so this isn't just like dessert pies. This place is I assume chicken pie. They use pies. vegetable oil and stuff, and each pie is yeah. thirty dollars, so it pisses me off. They're gonna go out of business. However, <laughs> I do love an artisan pie. I, I don't, yeah, I guess I never thought about a taco pie. Wait, did she have two little girls with her? Was she by herself? She was with a man. He did he look homeless? Tall. He kind of looked, yeah, he could have been. That's Ryan. That's my brother. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, well, cool. You should have said hi. You know, I'm just some rando to them, but yeah, I, I kind of made up this story in my head. Like, I kind of know her. <laughs> it, it would be kind of a, a few leaps too you'd be like hey are you the sister-in-law of this person yeah. you're who pregnant does an internet shit. show it would have yeah, been a tough approach crazy yeah. yeah twins they like yeah they really do it to you no they would have liked that they're it's it's really fun having them here so you don't live yeah. here you're just in town i i was visiting that was like april or whatever right and it was like snowing like randomly it was like <sighs> 30 degrees that whole weekend that was the worst yeah that was terrible yeah, it was like a family vacation, too. We were hoping for some, like, decent weather, but I guess not April. Damn. Well, if you come back in town, uh, let me know and we can meet up. Okay. Yeah, I require good. a no murder guarantee, but outside of that, I'm pretty free. Yeah. 100% guaranteed. Okay, cool. Um, Glad we got that guys, cleared did guys, up. Yeah. Did, did you have another thought? Sorry. Yeah. Do, do you guys ever watch the Kill Stream? Uh, periodically, but they but I like to listen to podcasts before I go to sleep, and they have, like really anxiety provoking music at the beginning. Hmm. And so I can't, I can't listen. And they're always yelling at each other and stuff. It's just like a high anxiety. I need like the lull of somebody talking about a gruesome murder to, to get me to sleep. (laughs) I get that. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm a a frequent listener. I have, uh, I did go on and talk to, um, talk to Ethan Ralph, uh, when we got banned on, um, Trovo. I already forgot the name of the platform, but he did a whole stream about the Trovo bannings of which Killstream oh, yeah. was also a part. So um, it's not, uh, you know, I there's so many battles going on. That's the thing is like, it's not that I have, I'm not trying to take sides in anybody's uh, disputes, but I sort of steer clear of that because it is perpetual disputes, you know, uh, and yeah. the internet battles are not, I get why people are into that. Um, it's not really my thing. So I kind of steer clear of it. Yeah, like I'm I'm scared of him because I just don't I don't want him to like ever find out any dirt on me <laughs> ever. Mm. I didn't realize that was his shtick. That's interesting. I don't know yeah. if that's his shtick, but like I don't know. Yeah. I just I would just hate to have it out with him. Well, uh, so that was okay. I know the call's getting a little long, but that was sort of my launching off point for my question because a few weeks ago, uh, Richard Spencer and Sticks were on there. I, I uh-huh. thought it was a really interesting conversation. What? They do have, I know that, yeah, that he, he gets pretty good debate matchups frequently um, to his credit. And I have, I didn't yeah. see that one, but. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a free speech debate. Oh. And uh, I feel like Richard Spencer kind of changed my mind. I was sort of anti-Sticks during the debate. What was the, 
free speech in what way? Was it as simple as pro or anti, or was it more? What were the yeah, positions? Yeah, pro or anti free speech. Really? And, so, okay. Wait, so, Richard Spencer had an anti free speech angle. Yes. <laughs> what kind of speech, or just? Okay, so here. Yeah, explain. Here's the point he brought up that I thought was just killer, right? So he's talking about how we should. Um, Make, if we're ever in power, you know, the right, this and right, whatever, mm-hmm. we should make illegal the promotion of um, gender transitioning on TikTok and Instagram, because that has been shown to, um, you know, indoctrinate young young people and spe- especially young girls into transitioning. The promotion Wow, that of... changed my mind so fast. <laughs> okay, so he was arguing for, was was this whole debate just about that specifically, or was that just an no, example? That was, that was sort of his, his, one of his killer examples. Yeah. Well, um, I would, I would, my gut reaction is to say no for obvious reasons, but if I wanted to try to take that position and steel man it, I suppose that if you consider the gender transition of a child, a crime, and I think there's plenty of reason to make that argument. If, if you were to go and I suppose incite a crime, that would be that, that child gender transition. But if I were to be persuaded on something like that, it'd have to be something that is along the lines of the current standard for incitement, which is you know a specific plan to commit a crime that's likely to happen. It couldn't, I, I wouldn't go so far as to just, as to say discussion of the topic in even a favorable light should be criminalized. Was that his position or, or like you can't even just say I have a nuanced opinion about it. I mean, it's sort of creating a whole cult culture though, right? Where hmm. it's become, more acceptable and, and maybe not directly encouraging a specific person to do it, but generally encouraging, you know, specifically groups of young girls to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I feel like you agree, Matt, you just want to, you just want to change some of the other laws around it so that it's legal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't have, well, uh, seriously speaking, I don't have a problem with the current standard on incitement to committing crimes, but it's actually, it's actually pretty strict. Yeah. Um, and that's about as far as I'd be willing to go with anything. I, I wouldn't be willing to say that general advocacy in the same way that you can generally advocate uh, violence, frankly, like a, 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 as clear of a crime as there is. You can generally advocate, I suppose, the death of somebody. Right. Um, e- even the even the the Supreme Court case that established the incitement standard was all about general vengeance against politicians for I think what that KKK leader uh, he was mad about immigration and some other things and just talked about general vengeance coming for politicians. That was not sufficiently specific to meet that incitement bar that, that was uh, defined in that case. So, you know, if, if we're talking something like that, I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't want to criminalize the gender transition equivalent, which would be talking about gender transitions in general right. terms. I mean, that's that's a matter of opinion rather than a matter of directing someone to commit a crime. Yeah, I get you. I, I, it's interesting. <laughs> I still though. think I mean, it should. I still like that point. I thought, yeah. you know, I, that's something I could definitely get on board with. Yeah, I don't know. I, principles be damned. I'm going to blonde <laughs> on this one. Hopefully blonde's with me. I am. I am. <laughs> well, you know, after what we see, what we saw last weekend in Dallas and some of the, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, is so, that free speech? You know, I mean, I, I guess they're they're kind of thinking of making that illegal. I guess it's not speech; it's more of an action. Bringing a, bringing a child to a drag show. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, 
Well, I mean, in the same way, for the same reason, we don't consider child pornography to be a speech or at least protected form of speech because it inherently victimizes a child. Uh, you know, you yeah. make the argument that that sexual display for children, I suppose, is a is something of a, a similar theme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think you maybe make the same argument about, um, you know, maybe not age restricting videos that are encouraging transitioning, you know, maybe have it be like an 18 and over. Hmm. Deal. All right. Well, that that's uh, maybe I'll have to check out this debate. I, I it's interesting coming from someone who has been, I suppose, as you know, just censored and and, and attacked as Richard Spencer has for yeah. him to come yeah. down on that side. But uh, he's he's a weird duck. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of his, but you know, he's <laughs> it was it was a good debate. Yeah. Well, I right. thanks thanks for letting thanks for letting us know. I appreciate the thoughts. Yeah, well, one last word. Sure. Um, Blonde, two recommendations for you. Thomas Triple Seven. Have you heard of him yet? Uh-uh. Okay. He's a revisionist history guy. He's been going through World War II on a channel called Pete Quinones. Um, But just look up Thomas Triple Seven. He's been going over World War II, um, kind of debunking all the, the BS that we were taught. It's been great. Really? Um, well, guess who's coming on my channel tomorrow? Pete Quinones? <laughs> Kevin McDonald is coming on tomorrow. Okay. And then on Saturday, I have Jared Taylor. Oh, all right. There you go. Yeah, you get but, some getting some good some good folks. Okay, and then one other recommendation, Academic Agent. Have you checked him out? Oh yet? yeah, everybody's been telling me to talk to this dude. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's good. He's he's he's. I don't know. I feel like he's sort of the center of the dissident right right now. You you got to gravitate towards that. Okay. Right. Thanks for the I'll call, check man. It out. Thank you. Yep. Talk to you guys later. I thought Richard Spencer was dead. Maybe I don't know. I hadn't heard anything about him in a long time. Uh, you know, fed it out. You know who else I thought was dead but isn't? Who? Milo. Did you see the news oh. about him? No. Stop asking me if I've seen the news. The answer is <laughs> always no. <laughs> Milo, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, of course, is um, apparently an intern for Marjorie Taylor Greene in D.C. Now, that was reported within the last couple of days. But he's like 40. I don't know. He's now an intern. I don't know what what he's doing, answering phones or uh, I don't know, some wh- whatever he's doing for her. But he apparently interns at the D.C. office. Can someone reach out to Academic Agent and ask him if he wants to come on my channel? I don't know how to reach this guy. Hmm. Uh, man, that's really weird. Yeah. But I guess you got to start from somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what the ground. he was doing. It. Remember, he was going to make his whole like conversion place because he had converted to to i guess not heterosexuality per se, just like celibacy is what he had converted to that's great yeah um and then he was going to make this whole conversion camp thing <laughs> and now he apparently interns for marjorie taylor green anyway we should get him on the show and make him atone for stealing our cleveland material yeah really <laughs> Okay, uh, next up, uh, hey, speaking of the N-word, it's the short version of the N-word guy. Hello there. What's on your mind? What's on my mind? I figured I'd call in this time and and play the devil's advocate for a few different topics. You get one. Go right ahead, sure. Yeah, we might have to pick one, but let's start there. Okay, well, you know, like a couple of them are are pretty fast. So milk in the cereal no to get the hell out of here you're a psychopath (laughs) dude nobody does that look look, okay i was i was a strong believer for a long time that (laughs) cereal before milk okay 
Yeah. And then I moved away and the refrigerator sucked. And you ended up wanting to put milk in first because you never know if the milk went bad and it ruined your cereal and then you'd just be pissed off. What? You just ruined a bowl of cereal. Why with don't some you just milk. just sniff the milk if you think it's bad? I'm a milk in first advocate, but I find that response uh, enraging. Does your milk go bad enough that and this is actually a problem for you, you? Yeah. What do you mean the fridge uh, went did bad? when I was away and then we ended up getting a new like refrigerator and like it doesn't always smell. You know, and especially right now with coronavirus, you know, you're really test. Testing. Bad milk smells 100% of the time. Yeah, but if you can't smell it, he's saying. No, he said milk no. doesn't always smell. And well, no, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. If it's like right on the like the cusp kind of deal, it doesn't always. He's, and well, so like, I, and the thing is, I this is making me irrationally mad. <laughs> I also don't buy the urgency of the situation. Oh no, not that! I lost a bowl of cereal. Good bowl of cereal. I suppose in this rough economy, you yeah. probably don't want to waste food. But and have like, you noticed? If, um, I understand the saturation. You want the saturation bit there, but that's the whole just like taking from the bottom, you know, with your spoon, so it doesn't end up being too bad. No, you, know, you, know, you pour the cereal in the bowl than the milk over the cereal. The saturation is not an issue. If we're going to have a conversation that's a waste of time, can we talk about Michaela Peterson's wedding? I didn't see it. No. <laughs> All right, you want to play someone dumb? call in so that we can talk about it? I, I'm Who's irrationally mad this about this. Michaela Peterson wedding? <laughs> Are you There's... serious? My friends could not message me this fast enough. It's on Instagram. Mm, okay. There must be some woman listening right now that wants to talk about this. Please call. Okay. okay. Well, let's move on from the cereal thing. I'll give you one more piece of devil's advocacy, or maybe you want to, okay. maybe you want to say that she had an awesome wedding. Why don't you do that? Devil's advocacy. I don't know. I For all I know, see, it was an awesome one. You know, it might have been, you know, all right looking gal, I assume. So, no, but, no, uh, the wedding was awesome. It was like a million dollar wedding. I That's bet. why it's it pissing me was. off. Oh, oh, fancy. Hey, uh, the other one might be long, but like, feel free to cut me off whenever. Is that the importance of racial homogeny? Because I know, Matt, you're often saying, like, like you don't care whether or not it's a black conservative or a white conservative as long as they're a conservative. And you know what? That's fair enough. But I don't think that you give proper due to the other side of the argument is, what would you rather, a black communist or a white communist? Uh, no com Why would I have no to pick a communist? Look, if you're going in any society, you're eventually going to have some loony bins, okay? And well, the, you know, you might as well have a white loony bin that won't call you a racist every time that you bring up a rational <laughs> argument. Oh, great. My neighbor's a communist, but he doesn't call me racist. Um, hey, I, hey, I, hey. I, I, get, I get your point, but I also don't think that you're being completely fair to the things that I've said. I, I do. I, you're correct that I do think that values are more important than racial identity. That's absolutely correct. However, I would not deny that values tend to correlate with race. I don't take any joy or pride in that. But there's a reason that you can predict a lot about voting patterns, for example, if you look at the racial demographics of the voters. That's just true. So but I'm not saying that your is, point is totally wrong. It's just I, I, I don't want to I reject the premise of selecting communists by race. Look, That's all I'm saying. Look, you also say everybody should work in the best interest of their family. OK. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to have some black commie lefties kind of deal. They are going to exactly ask for the racist systems of 
um, affirmative action. And because why wouldn't you want to lower standards for your family so then you can get into higher, cushier positions and with But how, how is this solved by the white communists? Well, you don't, it's one less problem you have to deal with. <laughs> You know, okay, but now it's still. You just have to deal but, with but, the commies. You but know, you what's the worst? The pro what's commies. the worst problem? The communism or being called a racist? Oh, the problem is is doublefold, right? So I, like, no, I don't. I, I think one problem is much more significant than the other. If someone calls me a racist, like it's annoying, but at least I'm no, but not. But if somebody's implementing racist uh, policies, such as affirmative action. And now you have to deal with racist policies, and you have to deal with commie policies. Well, wait, you're talking about one redistribution. I thought the premise well. is, is the is the neighbor the president too, or how is he setting policy? Well, people just set policy, you know. Like, there's what do you mean? Like, they vote in like other commies and all that stuff. I guess what I'm saying is, if we're, if I'm living in a communist country, the race of the communism is not. Is, is of secondary concern to the communism. Yeah, okay, but if you're living in a commie country, is it easier to change a communist country to a non-communist country or a communist country that also hates your race? When uh, <laughs> There aren't easy ways to change communist countries. They usually involve the barrel of a gun. You know, you look at all these Eastern European countries there, maybe not all of them, but like some of them, um, and they've done, you know, Hungary's on its way. They're doing much better than they were doing before underneath communism. I'm just saying. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I would just reject the premise. It's like, would you rather be murdered by a black person or a white person? At least the black, at least the white murderer won't call you racist when he does it. It's just, I just don't well, think that the problem that you're explaining is of the similar significance to the larger problem of the communism. Well, I'm just saying you're one, you're dealing with a problem and the other one you're dealing with multiple problems. You're, <laughs> okay. You're dealing well, with like a racial hierarchical structure. You're dealing with, um, you know, and then communism on top of it. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the call. <laughs> no worries. Toodaloo. Uh, let's see. We're past the bottom of the hour. So we are due for a break. If you are ready. Someone call in so I can talk about this. <laughs> what the wedding? Yes. I'm, I'm irrationally mad about, about it. Um, I'm talking to the live chat about it. I was totally zoned out. With that I'm, well, I'm, I'm surprised that seemed like it was kind of. He was talking to you and your... I could tell he was pissing you off. And so I was going to let bygones be bygones. I mean, I'm trying to be courteous to the point, but I guess I, I, Obviously, I would I, go with white communists because then when you had to kill him, people wouldn't say it was racially motivated. <laughs> but I, I guess, but to me, it's like, what are we talking about here? We're, we're splitting communist hairs, you know? Um, and I, I just, I, I don't follow the, the premise that the racial, if we're talking, if we're trying to separate communists by racial identity, because one is one so much better than the other, I guess. Yeah. I just don't grant the premise that I'm so much better off under white communism than like diverse communism. And granted, I don't diverse communism that doesn't exist. It generally doesn't happen. Granted, I don't consider diversity to be a value for its own sake necessarily. What I want is people who have proper moral values. Now, I understand that, as I as I discussed and as I mentioned, there 
is surely uh, a correlation uh, strongly across cultures and even across races with value structures, voting habits, political beliefs. But um, but once you are a communist, to me, almost all identity characteristics are secondary. It, it, I don't care. I don't care if you're a female communist. I don't care if you're a black communist. I don't care if you're a gay communist. I don't. The problem is the communism. That's pretty much it. Hmm. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Okay. Anyway. I heard somebody talking about the Case Schiller, the housing index this week, and thought they were talking about U2 until I realized they didn't mean charity case. JK, here are some shekels for the cause. We do have a cause now. A cause. <laughs> it's, well, Holden uh, has been long supporting the cause, and we he uh, really has. appreciate them very much. Um, Bill Biz here in Washington State. Gun magazine capacity limitations go into effect in July. That's right, yeah. What are and, they doing uh, to them? They're banning, uh, you know, so-called high-capacity magazines, but you have time to buy them, and they'll be grandfathered in. Yeah. They're also talking about they. Uh, I think the House passed the House passed at least one gun control bill today. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it had a high-capacity magazine provision in it or not. They they passed a bill to to raise the uh, age limit or the uh, the age threshold to buy a semi-automatic rifle to twenty-one. So. We'll see if that gets through the Senate. I doubt it, uh, but they're working on similar things for the rest of the country. Mm. That's yeah. not going to stop. Whatever. We've talked about this to death. Yeah. Criminal and crazy mass shooters will have to think twice about using an illegal mech. I'm sure they will. They're going to be like, now I shall follow the law, even though I was just planning to murder a bunch of people. Um, mean Steve 69 says, we love you. You're very special. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Um, Max, if the situation were hopeless, Biden wouldn't be seeing the Saudis. We love you. Uh, You're very special. Oil. There would be no need to win votes. These threats are always creeping in. But if the behavior is the same, it's vote necessity. Thoughts. It's vote necessity. I'm, yeah, like, I'm not sure I totally the, follow. Like he's um trying to get votes or he's worried about the vote. These threats are always creeping. What threats? Okay, if the situation was hopeless, Biden wouldn't be uh, hitting up the Saudis for for oil help. There would be no need to win votes. Uh, These threats are always creepy, but if the behavior is the same, it's vote necessity thoughts. Oh, so he's worried about not winning the votes. I Mm. think that, um, you know, they've got something in the works. But the thing about cheating in an election is that you it can't be like 90 percent of the population votes for the other guy. Because then, then it's just too obvious. There has to be like a, a much smaller, more feasible margin. So <clears throat> although I think it's extremely likely that there's going to be some uh, plumbing issues or whatever <laughs> yeah. during the next election, um, I, I if I were him, I would s- still be wor- worried about vote security, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, even if we think that 2020 was uh, highly suspicious from a fraud perspective and the, and the fraud right. stuff... I mean, you know, 2000 mules is what it is. I think there are some unconnected dots, but there's stuff on video that just how else do you explain? I think a lot of it was the uh, illegal changing of the rules uh, to enable a lot of behavior, too. That's that's um, a form of the quote unquote rigging that definitely didn't happen. Susan, most secure election of all time in 2020. But if you if you were to believe in such fairy tales that obviously aren't true, that there was um, sizable large scale 
fraud efforts in the way that Joe Biden mistakenly described when he said they had the biggest, best fraud operation ever designed. Um, you wouldn't. The whole thing is obviously not fraudulent. People are going out there and voting, and I'm sure those are counted. What you what you would do if you were doing such a thing that isn't happening is you yeah. you find the places where you can make the most impact, the places that are the most competitive, and you just give that extra little nudge. So if you're Biden, and even if you had the plan to repeat the thing that didn't happen in 2020, you still want to court as many legitimate real votes as you possibly can. Yep. Because you're not you're not faking um you know a hundred million votes. You're theoretically, hypothetically faking you know, a, a few thousand here few and there thousand, to move the so needle much easier in the way that do. you need to. Um, I only have four more. Let's just do these all. Um, I'm hotter than those Instagram models for once blonde. I agree with you. Oh no. I just started lifting weights. I immediately gained 10 pounds. My ass is a disaster. It just, I, I don't know what to do. I don't hmm. know what to do. It's terrible. Bangs. It's, it's not the taco pie. It's the weightlifting. Well, I don't know. I, I think that the weightlifting is causing me to be way hungrier. Oh, I'm could just, be fucking starving just yeah. constantly like in the middle of the night i'll wake up and be like oh i gotta eat it's really bad. that's always the toughest for me is the night the nighttime eating and uh yeah me too if you can have discipline dinner PM, i just i'll just drink coffee but it's nighttime yeah if i can if i can maintain nighttime discipline that's how i get into the best shape that i can be in but it's so hard i just i god i love like a second dinner before i go to bed it's the best or just eat some you know old mm. pizza or something whatever whatever you got in the fridge oh man i yeah I don't do that, but you know, I'm up there. Um, Bangs Naughty Bit says Tim Pool told to leave building live on air by cops. Really? He's so innocuous. Why is everybody up Tim Pool's dig hole all the time? He's like the most innocuous YouTuber. Does that mean he got he got swatted again, or why was he asked to leave? I that's, that's and all what I know. building? Are we talking his house, or are we talking something else? Let us know live chat. Um, oh. Nicholas H. Everyone remember to sign in to subscribe star to give a tiny bit of money to right wing content producers. It will help keep these good ideas alive. Thank you so much. Um, Jimny P. Hey, guys, having a crazy week. Hey, can someone? Yes. <laughs> can someone please tell me what happened with Michaela Peterson's win? Okay. I will tell you because I'm, I'm irrationally mad about this because it's kind of none of my business. Okay. First yeah. of all, I think wedding culture is stupid. I think it's retarded. It's a massive waste of money. Um, I eloped. You know, I married my first husband. The thing about this, though, is that it's like, it's a million dollar wedding and Jordan Peterson gave this really cringy speech and everything like that. And then this is her second husband and she has a child. It's like if you are a single mom and you find somebody that's going to take care of that kid uh, and you want to have another wedding, you wear a nice pink suit and you put one picture on Instagram. One picture but it's this whole fucking thing you and her dress absolute son of a bitch. she looks like a giant slut so like these people get to be huge hucksters she gets to tell everybody to only eat meat or eat beef whatever they, they they're worth like 50 million dollars and then during a recession she has a lavish second wedding where she looks like a giant whore this is such 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 a slap in the face to her first husband who is seemingly a nice guy too and like people on the right they love to police women Everyone's like, when are you going to have another baby? Why aren't you pregnant? Blah, blah, blah. I'm with my first husband and I have a child with said husband. And like everybody's like, oh, did you see these beautiful wedding photos? I'm like why the fuck is no, nobody pissed off about this? <laughs> why is no one pissed off? A million dollar wedding. It's crazy. Uh, what was the, what did they have for the dinner? Was it an all meat dinner? 
I don't know, but you should see these place settings and everything. And like the hmm. venue, there's like drone footage of this giant mansion on a golf course. Her wedding must have, or her wedding dress must have cost like ten to twelve thousand dollars alone, hmm. and she still looks like you know trash. And then this guy that she married, like super faggy. <laughs> so are we talking AOC uh, fiance level? They're engaged no, like, now. You he's know, he's really really hot. Whatever, he's really hot, but like turtleneck wearing like kind of fact like instead of yeah instead of getting like a couple's massage i bet they got like a couple's asshole bleaching you know <laughs> like that's what you it bet was you have not confirmed you just you speculate i fly under the radar with her i'm pretty sure she doesn't know who i am but um i don't know why it just makes me irrationally mad it's like it's your second wedding like you don't get to do all of this again you shouldn't even do it the first time because it's such an incredible waste of money that's all. Well, uh, that story reminds me. I Thank didn't you. even uh, check in on. Great um, story. Compelling and rich. Check in on Tippy Stream. So let me get those really quick. <laughs> I can suck a bowling ball through a plastic straw. I knew all these Peterson super chatters oh. couldn't be lying. Well, Matt, uh, you know, it won't like itself. Uh, I'm actually in a femdom marriage. I kind of figured that, Matt. Wait, what? These are things I'm supposedly saying. Oh. But, you know. <laughs> Deb Stump, not Dub Step, but Deb Stump. If I ever get off Prison Island, Australia, do you have any suggestions on where to move to? Everywhere seems like it's going crazy or has a high uh, influx of leftists or illegal immigrants that lead to New York or California conditions. Well, um, it depends on what your situation is. If you have the financial means to... Uh, buy a place and be left alone and you don't need immediate access to a workplace or something and like that. And he can leave Australia, presumably. Yeah, and you can do all that. Uh, there's a lot of great places to be left the hell alone in middle America. I'm a big fan of this part of the country, like Montana, Idaho, Idaho Wyoming, and the Dakotas. But, um, but there's lots of other, other great spots in between the coasts where you can hide out and Certainly hide be, out. That's the thing. Though. You can be left alone. I mean, relative to coastal United States, certainly relative to the worst parts of Australia. Yeah. So that's where I would say go to the interior of the country. And if you really want to disappear, go to Wyoming. There's a whole lot of nothing yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will come back to your chats uh, at the top of the hour. Thank you, guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. I'm never going to pronounce this correctly. Bahamut Zero. Are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, I, w- I wanted to see if you wanted to talk about uh, uh, Jurassic Park. Ugh. Always. No. What about it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's about your question about the whole um, employees escaping or, or being left <laughs> behind. We have to, we really have to iron this out. All right, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so um, I got an answer for that, and um, and this answer is based on the on the book um, instead mm. of the the movie version. Yeah. Uh, from what I remember, the in the book, um, there there were some employees that left the island, and and this was before the the storm hit. But uh, but some did stay behind to to keep the park in check, and and um. When, when when the dinosaurs escaped, those same employees they had to literally put the dinosaurs back, or or kill them, and as a last resort. They actually stayed behind after Hammond left and had to cage them back up. 
No, 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 no. Like, um, this was after um, Nedry, like, um, yeah, disabled the security. Yeah, yeah. About, uh, I think about 20, 20 employees, um, had to restore power and, um, and to literally, literally, like, case the dinosaurs back in. So some employees did die from the from the dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah, I mean that that's that's my question. And granted, uh, our our listener Tramp to the world explained in great detail, and I will credit him for that. That there certainly was an order to get all employees off of the island. That's a point I grant in full. I just there, I just don't see demonstration that Hammond actually checked the boxes of his people that they were safe before he just bailed. And I think that's a little strange, but I, I feel bad for <laughs> now. I, I just not that I'm saying you're uh, splitting hairs here because this has become a discussion point. So I understand why you're bringing it up. But it's sort of a point that was like, a, I never intended to be such a major point. It was just like, here's some things that I, I found to be sort of interesting or unexplained or potentially silly in the movie after rewatching it after 15 plus years. Now it's like, this is this whole deal that we have to iron out. And I can just watch blonde's eyes roll back in her head because she has no care for that whatsoever. Oh, I'm fighting with people in the live chat and I don't care about this. What are you, what are you fighting about? It's Michaela Peterson thing. Oh, it's <laughs> Lots of people coming out in favor of single moms all of a sudden. Got it. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for uh, the, I, the book I, insight. Did you have more thoughts? Well, I also wanted to say that, um, Hammond, Hammond is different in the book than in the, in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, in the book, uh, Hammond, Hammond, Hammond is like an asshole in the books. Hmm. Uh, one example is um, uh, with the grandkids. Um, when the grandkids went missing, like in the books, like he doesn't care at all. He just wants to uh, restore the park back to normal. So, so the lawyer, um, the lawyer literally like goes out and try to find, tries to find the kids, like. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't die like the lawyer does not die in the book like in the movie well that was one of the best parts though blonde did you at least enjoy the the lawyer getting eaten off the toilet yeah fine whatever <laughs> but, but 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 hammond does die in the book in the first jurassic park book i've heard the book yes. is way better than the movie he but... dies then huh I, yeah, I, a long uh, time ago the only michael crichton book i read was sphere when i was uh in like high school or something I don't even remember it. I never read the Jurassic Park books. Right. Uh, I only read the first one, and hmm. that was a, a long time ago. All right. Well, thank you for the Jurassic Park clarification. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Have a great night. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Joshy Boy is up next. Joshy Boy, are you there? Joshy. Hey, what's up? Can oh, there you guys we go. hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Anyway, uh, I'll be a brief call tonight. I'm very tired. Sure. I did want to um, address at least a couple of things. There was a caller last week who said that Ecclesiastes was written by King David. It was actually believed to be written by King Solomon. Ah, so okay. I wanted to correct that guy. Point of clarification. Blonde, yeah, he tells Blonde to read the Bible. I think he should take it as much. Anyway, um, another thing, I missed the Bible study on Saturday because mm. I thought it was on the 8th for some reason and not the 4th. Ah, well, sorry about that. Uh, but as yeah. you might be aware, I'm not saying you're not, but just to 
courtesy reminder to the audience. The audio to listen back to the lesson is up there on uh, Robert's blog if you want to catch up on it. Nice. I was thinking of participating. I can do Saturday nights since I don't really typically do a whole lot. Hmm. Uh, the finals thing, real quickly, I was going to talk about monarchy again, but I'm really tired from work, so I didn't feel like it. But We had a caller uh, call in and uh, push back on that concept a little bit. Did you happen to hear that call? Yeah, I did. I was okay. really excited about that, actually. Hmm. That's actually what I wanted to address. Sure. And you are correct. My response was, how's President Biden going? Right. <laughs> so yeah. I I understand where he's coming from because the most pushback I usually get on that front is that they don't really want to put power in uh, the hands of one person. But mm-hmm. I was discussing this with some, I think it was either one of my coworkers or one of my buddies who came to visit me from Knoxville. And one of the things that when it comes to monarchy of any kind, we do have a bit of a roadmap of what a good monarchy could be because of history, right? And I don't know about the Greeks from back then because they were kind of the bedrock of democracy, but I often refer to our republic as um, to the Romans, right? That only lasted for 350 years, I think accordingly, Hmm. before it morphed into an empire. I've kind of given up on it, obviously, because of the whole voting system thing and because that it's better to depose one man with power than to try to cut off basically a hydra, right? Hmm. We have so many people in power right now who simply just do not care. It's harder to kind of get rid of them since a lot of them have their own power in their own right. Does that that make any sense? Yeah, they lack the fear. They, They don't have accountability and they lack the fear. You know, and um, I uh, another it's kind of another topic beyond uh, something I think is more important than how we select our leaders. Uh, again, yeah. that that our leaders have respect for a constitutional set of rules, and that our leaders have a healthy fear of accountability to yeah. the people they lead. And I don't mean that they're cowering in fear, worrying they're going to be assassinated all the time. Just worried that if they were to dare violate the rights of the people, that there might be some consequences, you know, that doesn't even necessarily yeah. mean like <laughs> some, some violent mob. It just means you're, you're not going to do things like that and get away with it without any issue. Um, and that's, that's kind of what monarchs kind of had to deal with back then as well. I mean, sure, they had a lot of power, and you can't just declare war on the king without, you know, some serious repercussions or whatever. But they did have some kind of healthy fear that they did kind of base their rules kind of on whims on the people. Say, hey, if I make these people mad, there's going to be a lot of revolts, et cetera, et cetera. There is one final thing. Um, when our last guy, the, uh, the short N word, cause I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. With the whole argument of, is it better to have a white communist versus the black communist? Right? Yeah. I find these conversations to be rather annoying because a, I'm black myself and B it's, it's a, it's a dumb argument. It's a stupid argument actually. Simply because that the values of a person matters more. I mean, look at Christianity, for example. I know we don't always see eye to eye, but our values are the same. We all typically believe the same thing, no matter the race or creed or whatever, right? No matter what nation you come from. So one's values, one's things like that, like family, uh, God, even 
even if you value the same principles, that's more important than what the person looks like on the outside. To say that you're better off with your own kind, despite having differing values, is kind of silly to me, actually. Simply because cause I would rather be, even if I'm not in my own neighborhood with a bunch of Black people, I would still rather be people who value the same thing, no matter what their skin color is. But I think a lot of people miss that point. Sure. Because they only see the race. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think those are all fair points. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I will agree with that. That's all I'll add. Because I feel like I've already <laughs> kind of talked this to death. So, um, But uh, did you have any other thoughts? Uh, no, I just kind of wanted to at least poke fun at that argument. Because I think this is the second time. There was another guy a long time ago that I was shocked that even Blonde called racist, right? I uh, called him racist? called somebody racist? Yeah, you said what a polite race is. He was talking ah. about the same quote-unquote teens and whatnot. That sounds correct. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I what? Like, I, I have no recollection of this. Yeah, it's, it's hard to remember. Real quickly, there was a guy who was talking about living in the same community because, Matt, you had made a statement that, again, you would rather live in a group, in a neighborhood for the black people who value the same thing, think, same thing you did versus living in an all-white neighborhood when you, where you don't yeah. value the same sure. things, right? And he argued that, well, is it better to stay with your own race, regardless of that, than yeah. to be with a bunch of people who don't look like you? And right. So, and then Blonde, after he left, called him, what a polite racist. I remember <laughs> that. So I was like, I don't I don't want to uh, come off as overly critical of Mr. Short N-word, because he did come in, too, saying he was presenting, you know, devil's advocacy. And... Um, yeah. you know, he's trying to, he's trying to take a controversial position and defend it or sort of, uh, you know, uh, he's talking about putting the milk in the bowl before the cereal. I mean, it, so yeah, that, he, that's borderline. That's cause for capital punishment, right? right you never know how serious things are or how serious they aren't. And for all, I mean, it's fine if that is his serious position too. You're, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not as though you're not allowed to think that it's just, um, you know, I, I just think that the, the order of priorities, the the values are a little out of order, at least according to, yeah. to my my hierarchy. But that doesn't mean that you have to subscribe yeah. to my hierarchy. And it's true, and that's a fair point. I yeah. do think I thought the whole cereal milk thing was settled a long time ago. Well, that that is mandatory. Like, it, <laughs> no, it's not. There are valid reasons to do this. Well, let's put it this way: Would you rather live among white people who pour the milk in first? <laughs> Or would you I'm rather sorry, live among black people who handle their cereal correctly? For me, it's very easy to answer. I don't want to live among psychopaths of any race. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of my reasoning, too, because I was raised to kind of judge people based off their intentions, not yeah. really. Based off. I mean, I come from a family where some people do have problems with whites, but I have a tendency to push back on them. So. All right. Well, thank um, you. Thank you for the call, man. No problem. Y'all have a good night. You as well. I, I don't know that I've fully clarified your position on this. And by that, I mean the milk cereal issue. Are you saying that you are always a milk first person? Um, I do it frequently because drinking the milk is a very important part of my cereal experience. So I would rather modify like a known quantity of milk than the cereal for me the milk it's like 70 percent of the whole thing 
Why does that necessitate pouring it first, though? Because I can see exactly how much milk is oh. in there. You know, this is so weird because I am, truth be told, I am almost never a cereal eater. I'm not joking when I say I buy like a box of Count Chocula every year in October because it comes out for Halloween. <laughs> and sometimes I don't even finish it. Yeah. But I have to have it because it's the best cereal ever made. <laughs> and uh, man, I can't wait till my son is old enough to appreciate Count Chocula. And if he doesn't like it, it, oh, it's it's uh, well, you've had like Lucky Charms, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so picture Lucky Charms, but the cereal pieces are chocolate. Huh. Yeah, way better, the best. Like it's cereal chocolate. It's not like actual chocolate. It's yeah, it's like the same puffs, whatever they're called, as. Lucky Charms, same sort of consistency, but they're chocolate instead of, I don't know, normal grain or whatever the hell's in. I don't even, I don't even know what that's made out of. Who cares? It's yeah. junk cereal. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. Anyway, okay, back in. Let's get one more call before the top of the hour. Orwell's Ghost. Orwell, are you there? Yeah, what's going on, guys? You know, you've uh, you've been calling for a long time, and of course, I don't know you personally well, but you seem like a rational man with uh, a good head on his shoulders. So if you don't mind, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit and ask you your opinion on pouring milk into the cereal bowl before the cereal. I've never done it. Okay, that's uh, all the confirmation <laughs> that I need. I've never done it. I'm sure I... you make a great neighbor. Yeah. Uh, I try to lessen the amount of milk that I have in the in the cereal bowl lately. Anyway, I'm trying to trying to wean myself off of it's part of my part of my fasting process. It's probably even better. Wait, what? It's it's part of my weaning myself off and and denying myself the pleasures uh, for the Catholic faith. But Mm. are we all supposed to be doing this? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, oh, okay, good. Okay, good. I was like, I don't eat meat on Fridays. Is anything anything else I'm supposed to be doing? No, no, no. no you're yeah, no, you're, no. It's good. White, white, white pill moments, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I or, Orwell's white pill moments. Um, I watched Legal Man's. Yes. I think I was listening to his Patreon. I was listening to one of his Patreon casts on YouTube, and it's hard to see it because he's so he's so fucking negative, but. He had a, you have to really sit through it, but he had a positive moment. And the positive moment was him basically explaining, listen, it doesn't take much. If we can get to 5%, if we can get to just yeah, 5% yeah. of people. And, and I thought about it. And I was like, that's not hard. It's not hard. I do that at work every day. Well, wait, I, and, I'm and not, 5% to do what? If you can just get to 5% of the people, 5% of the people that you deal with. Uh-huh. That, that, that you're that you're sort of exposed to, um, and I realize I do that I do that every day at work. Um, well, wait, I'm I'm just not totally following. Get to by which you mean what? Like uh, persuade them like or get, get through? Like have a breakthrough with them? Yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. Just just get them onto the same on the same level. You know, of, that's that's feasible. I think. Yeah, no, it is, and 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 it, it's not hard. You just have to be patient. You have to take your time. And you have to understand that, like, I, I think one of the things that he makes very clear is you're not going to convert everybody. It, it, so you, so you, have to, you have to go into it knowing that you're not going to – it's sort of like being a Christian. You're not going to save everybody. And that, that brings me to my second point, which is – and I think I – Blonde, last time I was in the – last time I was on the show, I asked you to, like, check out what Catholics believe is, like, a, a YouTube channel. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I have it, but I subscribed. Uh, it's it's fine. I, I was what I was going to say is 
the other thing that I didn't realize, and I've listened to a couple of podcasts, is over the past two years, and again, white pill moments, there have been, I think this is probably much too Francis's chagrin, a ton of people have joined the Latin Mass. They've joined the Catholic Church. That's great. Be- because the Latin Mass didn't shut down. They refused to shut down. Hmm. And they refused to shut down because of places like my local parish that my wife and I have been going to and Father William Jenkins in, in um, What Catholics Believe. He refused to shut down his parish. And they want to go to places that want to stay, that, that, you know, that are willing to stay open, that are willing to fight for them. And that's, you know, that's sort of the Catholic Church's mission is, you know, the, cu- the custody of the vicarship of Christ and the salvation of souls. That's, that's the point. And so legal man had a little bit of a positive moment. And we know that the Latin or extraordinary form is increasing its numbers in the cat and the Catholic church. I was talking to a guy actually in another chat today, another server who said, and we sort of were talking about how, these tough, very rigid times and very weird times, especially with all all of the degenerate skullduggery, you know, like the shit in Dallas with, you know, where John Doyle BTFO those those freak shows and those fruitcakes. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're dealing with a time where I anticipate when this is all over, there's going to be sort of a third Christian revival or a third, you know, a, 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 like great revival. Um and I, I, I jumped blondes. Ass, I've jumped blondes ass about this before about being so fucking negative. But <laughs> there's 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 no point in being that negative about something because if you don't have anything to live for, like why continue the fight? So yeah. continue the fight because you have posterity. My daughter is going to be born in a few months. And, awesome. Congrats. And if there's, yeah, and if there's, if there's nothing to fight for, why do we continue on doing it? So take your white pills where yeah. you get them. Yeah. And, and, and well, children, talk. they're the, they're the ultimate white pill, aren't they? They force yeah, your hand. Yeah. They give you yeah, a yeah. reason to carry on whether you want it or not. Want, you know? want to or not. Yeah. Um, Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, but, but that's Orwell's white pills. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Don't, well, don't, and don't have too much cereal with little milk. So. <laughs> and I appreciate the thoughts on persuading people too. And it's um, one of the reasons it's easy to get pessimistic on that too, is because it's hard to see, but, yeah, but, yeah. W- but the, the reality is when I was persuaded, it's not like I personally told the people who persuaded me, Hey, congratulations. You changed my mind. Even though they did, a lot of them were internet figures. Some of them were people I knew in real life. But some of uh, them, you've told them that right? some, but maybe afterward, you know, the point is like there were conversations where someone just asks you good faith questions and you don't have great answers for it. You don't admit it on the spot like you changed my mind. Congrats. But you go home later and you think about it and you realize that maybe you hadn't thought this through. Maybe there's a better position. And that's how that sort of thing happens. So, you know, it's it, like, if, yeah, if, can, I, can I say this? I just want to say this just real quick and I'll yeah. let you guys go. Sure. I think another big thing is just have some humility and be humble about the fact that other people want, maybe either want to be where you are or are further along than you are. Mm-hmm. And and you don't need to be cynical. There's no reason to be cynical about anything. Just be humble about like the position that you're in and, yeah. and have a little bit of faith. Wise words. That's, I knew you it. had That's the correct it. perspective on milk and cereal too. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> 
You guys well, have a good one. Yeah, thank Enjoy. you, man. And if we don't talk to you before the birth of your daughter, congratulations and enjoy. I'll pray that everything goes well. Yeah, all the best. God bless. Yeah, yeah. You guys take care. Thanks. Okay, we are uh, due for a break again. Uh, let's see if we can not get into a discussion about Michaela Peterson's wedding. But the oh, chatters. we're in a totally different realm in the live <laughs> chat right now. Uh, over on DLive, LJ, uh, thanks for supporting the show. Let me catch up on uh, Tippy Stream here before Blonde gets baited into uh, one of those. Um, no, it's the those... single motherhood thing. Yeah. I. I just have, I just have uh, one over on um, on Tippy Stream. Matt's hoodie says, "I'm proof that Matt is actually a member of the Maniac Latin Disciples." I don't know what that is, actually. What's that about? I don't know. It's the it largest Latino street gang in Chicago. That's kind of a lame. Do they wear blue name. hoodies? What's the connection? <laughs> But there must be, maybe I look like I belong in the gang, but uh, that would have to be blue hoodie related. I don't know. You don't. Well, thanks to my hoodie. Appreciate your support for the show. Um, Andrew Starr said, happening now, Tim Pool studio evacuated by police because of a threat. Yes, I saw that it's just, they're live streaming. It's just an empty studio. The stream's why? still up though. Yeah. Um, why do people target him so much? Uh, probably, well, for number, number one, it's a gigantic stream. Uh, um, you see the ads they're putting up? Like they have billboards in urban centers now, like Times Square, Chicago, yeah, all this stuff. On Instagram. Yeah. So um, just the massive audience that is to the point of the last call, I think, if not, well, certainly it's persuading people, but it's just giving people an alternative perspective too. And, and um, that's not acceptable to a lot of people. And so you reach those heights, you get swatted. That's kind of how it works. Um, Long Don John says, can someone check if Tim Pool is still alive? I don't know how we could possibly do that. <laughs> I don't have Tim's number. I can't, uh, I can't really get in touch. Calvin, shut up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, PFAB says, my wife threw up watching Matt grovel for money the last show. If anti-gun people believe AR-15s are weapons of war and don't belong in our streets, why do they always have law enforcement exceptions in their bands? I know. Threw up. I'm, I'm she just barfed right in her mouth. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to grovel, though. You know, I am being sincere about my appreciation for the audience and my enjoyment of uh, of doing this. So uh, I'm sorry. I guess it didn't work for your wife. But uh, um, anyway, thank you. Uh, Mojack420 says, I was on Amazon. I did find a black sun flag. So I bought one before Amazon figured out what it was. How long before they mandate rainbow Butt plugs to flatten the monkey pox curve. It's <laughs> I gotta mute my stream. Sorry. Mon- All right. Um, we're oh, good. Because, be- okay. Yeah. All right. We're set. Uh, speaking of forcing people to, uh, you know, submit to the uh, gay KK or the gay Stampo or whatever term we heard on Sunday, uh, they there was an attempt by the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team to. I suppose maybe force is too strong of a word, but the whole baseball team was strongly encouraged to wear pride patches on their baseball jerseys. And there are a few of the players who refuse citing Christian convictions and they are now your mic's muted. (laughs) I did read that. I think there were eight of them. Yeah. They're all in big trouble. And, and again, it's just, I read one of their statements on it was so eloquent. He's like, it's, it's just shocking to me that anybody thinks that there aren't other people with opposing viewpoints. Yes, exactly. Uh, 
And this is, it was just a perfect story on how all of this is so ridiculous. It's like, it's not enough just to tolerate and to leave alone, which I thought was the original bargain. You must actively celebrate. You must clap at the parade. You must put the patch on your shirt. You have to bake the cake and eat the cake and shove the cake up your ass. Yeah. And so what started as just simply a recognition of the freedom of other people has so quickly morphed into the infringement uh, into the the infringement on the freedom of those who just simply like I was told, you know, was what it was all about for the gay people just to be left alone. These baseball players would just like to be left alone and do what they do professionally, which is play baseball. That's it. No, you must wear the flag. Oh, my God. I'm going to Nikki Philippi, my dog. <laughs> Mustache Asian is up next. Uh, thank you guys for the chats, by the way. Mustache Asian. What's on your mind? Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, I just want to say to Red Falcor, who's moving up to Tacoma, right? Mm. Uh, from last week. And, and yeah. just, you know, remind, remind him that uh, avoid some of the, like, I think the Ash Street um, in Tacoma, where there used to be a bunch of, like, Crips uh, running drugs. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, was, I don't know if you want to watch a video, a video, where there were, like, a bunch of army rangers who uh, got into gunfight with a bunch of Crips on Ash Street. What? Because, You're talking yeah. like actual U.S. military? Yeah, 1989. Really? Where, I got to look this up. Rangers sergeant. And you can look up Popo Medic. Were they, yeah. were they like off-duty or what were they doing? Off-duty. They were off-duty. So he lives, the Army Ranger lives on Ash Street, which yeah. is one of the worst neighborhood in Tacoma. Yeah. Back in 1989. And so he tried to push out these uh, drug dealers, gang members, you know, uh, and they oh. targeted his house. Okay. And so he had a bunch of rain, ranger buddies. He's a, he was a ranger. And he ranger buddies at his house doing barbecue, quote unquote. And, and, got, and they drove up and tried to shoot up his house. And so they. Oh, so he didn't have the buddies him. over for the purpose of confronting the gang guys. They were just there for a completely unrelated reason. Or he uncovers it. He said, "Oh yeah, come over to to um, for a barbecue and bring your guns." Because he was worried about the gang guys. Yeah, because the gang guys openly told him that they're going to target him. Did he do anything to them, or they just didn't like him? So they didn't like him because he he was trying to he had had have a street surveillance like he had put oh. a camera on his on, in his uh, second floor uh, bedroom window. Yeah, just surveilling the streets. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what he was doing. And I'm looking at the headline, kind of, right, or the article in uh, Military.com. That time, yeah. Army Rangers got in a gunfight with the Crips street gang. So it it legit happened. Yep, and uh, they only arrested one guy afterwards, and it was one of the army guys. Anybody wasn't it? died? Huh? Did they did they arrest an army guy? No, he oh. arrested a a, a a Crips guy, but they only gave him like 22 months in jail. If it happened today, all the army guys would be arrested. Probably. They'd be court-martialed. They'd be dishonorably discharged. Yeah. Back then, they said, the the army said, oh, it's Hmm. self-defense. A relic of a a time past that doesn't exist (laughs) anymore if this happened. Yeah, that is true. Speaking of which, have you watched A Few Good Men yet? I have, uh, but I will. We don't have to talk about it. Yeah, I I won't talk about it, but I did watch it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> sorry, Jesus. going to military. 
uh, I'll just read a little bit from the article here. Just after the Rangers arrived on September 23rd, 1989, some 15 to 20 gang members began to shoot up the 32-year-old's house <laughs> while his Lord. buddies were inside. So unless I'm missing yeah. something, the gang just opened fire on his house. I mean, Yikes. I, what else do yeah. you do in that situation? Luckily, yeah. the Rangers brought their own personal weapons to the party. The Crips were probably surprised when their would-be victim's house began to return fire. Okay. Yeah. It lasted for like 30 minutes, this gunfight. So, wow. So Supposedly, they drove up to his house and turned off the headlight, and the the ranger turned off his his lights in response. Wow. Before they started shooting each other, so... Well, Red Falcor, if you're listening, make friends with any army rangers in the neighborhood when you get there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. So, oh, and, my God, yeah. dude. This this ranger purchased his house yeah. for $10,000 at the time. What? And in, $10, in 2019 dollars, it was only worth uh, $21,000. So he just he bought a house in gangland, apparently. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a hell of a story. Thank you for that. Did you have uh, anything else? Uh, finally, uh, I mean, I was just like another story, maybe interesting story. It was like the the worst known mass shooting in Chinese history. Hmm. It was a army, probably pretty elite soldier. He stole a rifle and six mags and killed 70 people. 70, 70. people? Yeah, with six mags. Yeah. We're How talking many bullets is that? High capacity mag. Do you know what kind of rifle he had or what kind 30 of round, 30 round mags. Okay. From the oh. armory. Yeah. So 180, so 70 round. out of 180. That's, that's pretty Maybe good. Didn't what even was spend the motive? So the official story, official release is that he was basically a bad soldier or somehow in conflict with his, like maybe uh, unit or superiors. But Word on the street is that he he had a he had a daughter, and they tried to get a son, but somebody else found out that he was trying to have a second second uh, child, right? And so the officials forced his wife for uh, into abortion for abortion, and his wife and son died. Oh so, my god! Hmm. And so he just man, I could see how that could drive somebody crazy. Although the yeah. innocent people didn't deserve it, but. Supposedly, his most it was mostly like military police or the armed police, the brigades that were he was fighting. Yeah, and eventually he got killed by a, by a sniper. So, yeah. wow. Well, okay. he lost everything. So, yeah. So he just went for it, and uh, yeah. So he told his unit too said, "When I say get down, get down," in the uh, during the morning formations, hmm. and he and just started open fire, started, started shooting. Yeah. So. Man, I bet there's no information online about this. It's so hard to get backstories on um, on Chinese crime. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was only known because it happened near a, a Canadian counts, uh, con- um, consulate. Yeah. Hmm. So okay, that's that's how how people kind of like kind of got out because can they are Canadian maybe a journalist nearby, and yeah, when it happened. So yeah. All so right. Well, thanks for the thoughts and the stories. Story. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Hope everything's right. well so, in uh, Michigan and we will uh, catch yeah, you next it's time. It's weird. You know, it's mixed, like it's fuddy, lefty, but huh. my my company is kind of woke. But well. my boss would ship 3,000 rounds of 22 to the office. 
Okay, well, he can't be that uh, "quote unquote" woke if he's buying. So it's weird. It's weird. Like people just, it's just, just, just a mix of different things. And, uh, all right. Know. Well, thank, thanks, man. We'll Appreciate see. it. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Man. What? Oh, just the, like we're never going to get the real story on that seventy people. That's crazy. And then how much is that happening in China? And we just don't. We just don't ever hear. Well, that about it. that's the other problem with these claims of like, oh, it's only in the U.S. It's just what an other, American what other countries problem. are. Yeah. You look at the the shooting in Nigeria. Yeah. Just over fifty people. Yeah. Fifty people. Um, but yeah, a lot of these places that are that that frankly do not have a free press at all. That's not a thing in those countries. A lot of significant crime stories or stories that make the regime look bad in any number of ways, they just aren't published. You will not find information on that. Or if they're published, they're immediately taken down. Do you remember that that story? I used to always talk about it. I was able to get the news on it for one day and I've never been able to find anything again. But hmm. there were like five African exchange students at some at some um, Chinese college and then they banged all the Chinese women at that college, you know, they, they were just were like all the Chinese women were like, Oh, a big black penis. Oh. <laughs> and, um, the well, Chinese wait, wait. men, they were like, what, you know, b- big black penis. Is what <laughs> um, and so the Chinese men were so super pissed that these Africans had usurped like this, you know, their, their Chinese women that they deflowered them, them. Yeah. Well, mm, I don't know. about that, but <laughs> They walked them to the top of the bell tower and killed them all. By right. w- did they, they pushed By, them off. They, oh, they just pushed them. So yeah, they, they, they fell murdered all of the China, or all of the African exchange students. Wow. Now I was able to find news on this for one day about mm. four years ago, and now there is not a whisper of it on the. Frankly, internet. the most shocking part of that story is that African exchange students are allowed We're in even China. Allowed in China. Yeah. Well, they, they after that they were like, oh, never again. Never. <laughs> yeah, they tried. It didn't work out well. Yeah. They're not going back. Okay, new new uh beige beiger beiger? How do I pronounce this, Mr. New or uh, new beiger? New beiger. Okay. Yeah, it's an old gamer tag that I had from a long time ago. Got it. All right. Well, what's on your mind? Uh I have a couple of university stories that sure. I was considering of sharing and uh I'll give you a choice. There's uh politics related or uh, nuclear reactor related. Ooh, hmm. um, I'm going to go with politics. All right. We'll talking about that. radiation stresses me out. Okay. Uh, one interesting thing uh, at, at my university that I went to, uh, have you ever had an incident where when uh, the student council would be voting for something uh, and they give it up for a referendum for the student population to actually vote on hmm. and they get the wrong answer? At my university, they actually had a redo of the referendum about three or four times. By wrong, you and mean the like fourth... what the authority does not want? That's what that's. What oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. The, the wrong answer was selected three times in a okay. row. What Basically, was the issue? The, 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 the issue was whether or not you wanted to fund uh, an expansion to the recreation center, and it was uh, going to be on your student tuition. Oh, so they got a no. <laughs> yeah they okay. they uh they they gave like four different options for like uh payment schedules and like oh how much do you want to pay and yeah. then what the throwaway option was no no i don't want to pay don't expand anything just uh keep my fees low and uh sure enough the it 
it went that way three times, and on the fourth time, they literally removed the option in order to make sure that one of the other options would win. And they just did it anyway? Yep, they did it anyway. Why even ask? Probably just have this appearance of, of neutrality. Yeah, yeah I but never... I was surprised that nobody was extremely pissed at well you asked us for our opinion for the referendum yeah. this was supposed to be binding but no you're not going to do it anyway you, this was just a foregone conclusion and you were going to fund it to the maximum anyway okay yeah i i've never had uh i've never had an issue like that come up for a vote either in high school i mean high school it, it wouldn't because the, the the school district needs to put that up to a vote to voters anyway but um but say like in college i never had um, I never had a major issue come up for a, a referendum, like a student vote. I don't remember that ever. Yeah. So I wonder when you say binding, it's just that the school administration agreed to honor the student's decision or there was not, I guess I've just never heard of this. So I'm not sure how it works. Yes. Uh, okay. You are correct. The, the administration of the school basically agreed to, uh, um, abide by whatever the student council said on their their oh, okay. contribution. So they didn't actually oh. have to do it. Nope. But the, they they wanted it. Whoever was in charge, the the inner bubble of the elect, are uh, uh, very pushy on what they wanted. Hmm. Well, did they get the, did they get what they wanted in the end? Oh yeah, they they did. They just hmm. uh, once they removed the option for not upgrading, then uh, obviously they won. <laughs> Well, what were the options? Like how big and how expensive do you want it? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. It was uh, like one of them was like a, a 5% tuition hike. Another one was like a, a 2% 5%? Hike. How expensive is this going to be? Shit. That is a lot. Yeah. It, it They're was. just expanding the rec center? Is that what you said? Yeah, but it, I mean, there's like a football field attached to the back end of it. And they were, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it was going to be big. But hmm. uh there, there's some other weird shenanigans that, that happened at that university, including um, one day when I was walking out the, the doors, there was uh, all of a sudden every Chinese student on campus was all huddled together in little pods all over the campus of about 10 people and staring at their phones and just like staring at each other. And it was the most surreal thing that, that I've seen in a long time. And the reason that they were doing it was apparently the Chinese embassy sent out a message on Weibo or whatever their uh, social we messaging. It is Weibo, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they they sent out a message basically saying that no student or no Chinese national student at the university is allowed to attend or say anything positive about uh, a Uyghur Muslim lady who had come to give like a speech about the genocide. Oh. And uh, basically they got shut down once before where a pro a communist uh, protesters came in and basically shouted her out of the room. And then uh, second time when they tried to hold the event, uh, they basically the Chinese communist party uh, told all the students who were there on like temporary visas that if they were to attend or say anything in any forum, in support of this, that they would be immediately recalled back to China. And I didn't find Can about they do that. that though? We would just, we'd be, we'd harbor them, wouldn't we? Possibly. They would but, just get uh, murdered in China. Well, I mean, if they told the party line, then they're, they're, they're fine. Yeah, but come back to China. We totally won't murder you. <laughs> well, It'll it's be also fine. that they'll go after your family. 
Apparently, this is also a. I've yeah. heard rumors that this is this type of stuff is going on in uh, Australia with a lot of the students going over there, where they want uh, spies mm. uh, on campus. Mm. And then they beat your dog to death too. Yeah. Well, you also have your families back home in China, so uh, they can exert considerable leverage by threatening your family That's or the yeah. social credit of your family if yeah, you misbehave yeah. well, uh, well out and about. Hmm. They'll abort your 20-year-old sister. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the uh, information. Thanks for the story. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. Have a great night. Bye. Weibo. Okay. Or is it WeChat? I don't know. Get to Something a couple lame. More. Uh, Phil is up next. Phil, are you there? Hi, Phil. I am here. What's on your mind? Phil. I was just reminded of a uh, this evening of a book I'd read a few years ago. Okay. Uh, so at risk of again doing book club with Phil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's all right. This one's called This one's called The Missionaries. It's by a guy named Owen Stanley. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't know when it was written, but it's surmised that he wrote it in the 70s or the 80s, so in like the post-colonial era. It's about this UN envoy that goes to this uh, remote Pacific island to try to uh, bring the natives into modernity, mm. which um, you know would have laughable results. So it's a satire book, basically taking a pot <laughs> shot at that kind of thinking. <laughs> okay. And so, so there was a when he with this UN envoy, you know, this UN guy gets there. There's already like a a guy, a Westerner living there. That's sort of the official on the island that the people can come bring their stuff to, and he's kind of basically allowed these people to have a certain level of autonomy so they basically run their own lives and but they do some stuff that this envoy guy doesn't like particularly um like they're allowed to have mock battles and stuff to kind of get the aggression out in the young men and there's a few other this is a few other things they do that he doesn't like because it doesn't fit his nice progressive worldview um, and so throughout so throughout the book he's constantly trying to fix them even though hmm. They've lived this way for however many hundred years, and mm -hmm. it's worked out fine so far. Uh, and throughout the book, I don't remember all the different things either, but they get some things from him, and they completely get some of the meanings wrong. Like he brings them these these toy cars, and they think they're seeds, so they plant them thinking they're going to grow like new cars and uh, excavators and whatever else. Of course, they get mad when this doesn't happen, and he ends up basically biting off more than he could chew. Hmm. I bet that's not that far from the truth. Well, I, it doesn't seem to be because, I mean, there's a lot of these kinds of countries where this sort of thing happens today, and Westerners go there thinking they're going to save some people from themselves, and it just doesn't end up working out. I mean, how it, much money? Have, it has never money? actually worked out. I mean, how much money have we dumped into Haiti, and it's still the same shithole? It's because, you know full of Haitians no. and the smarter ones all came to the US. That's because of the earthquake. That's it. If it wasn't yeah. for the or what was it? Yeah, it was the earthquake that messed up Haiti, right? That's why Hillary Clinton oh. stole all those kids. That's how the Obama yes. that's my favorite theory about the Obama children too. They were stolen from Haiti to legitimize <laughs> the fraudulent relationship between I like that one. Um, between I'm Barack glad you brought this up, Michael though, Robinson. Anyway, go ahead. Because I am going to ask Kevin McDonald a bunch of questions about this because I heard him say that Westerners are the only people in the history of mankind that have even conceptualized this idea that you should love children that you don't know across the world as much as you love your own children. He's like, nobody else in the world has ever even thought 
about this. It hasn't even entered the, the consciousness of any culture before Western people. And he thinks it's because we have some kind of genetic predisposition to hmm. feel guilt at a, at a disproportionate level. Is that even physiologically possible? I mean, like, yes. Well, what I, no, I mean, what I mean is physiologically possible to love sort of anonymous children on the other side of the world as much as your own kids. That is to say, no. like if you if you were put in a weird hypothetical where your own daughter was in grave danger and also there's like some other kid that you don't know from some other country and like whatever, some kid, you, they're both in grave danger and you're you're supposed to be physiologically capable of even considering saving the other child rather than your own. No, no, I, I totally agree. But he also um, postulates that, that the Western psyche um, experiences certain emotions because of like uh, the survival mechanisms from living through the ice age mm. that lend us to be able to override things like that. That just seems it, it it's like in an, in an actual urgent situation, it's like instinct would take over in me. I know how that would go. There's, there wouldn't be this like, well, you wouldn't sit there and r rationalize like, well, does, does that child have, doesn't that child have the same right to life as, as my child? It's like, yeah, I guess, you know, in, a, in an abstract moral conceptual way, I suppose maybe they do, but there's something instinctual that's going to program you to go save your kid. That's just the way that's going to go. Yeah. You don't have to tell me. I just yeah, wonder what is, the counter is. That's all. This is why I've, people I've, with biological children should not adopt children. I would agree with that. Although I'm also skeptical of the people who just uh, buy random outgroup kids, even if they don't have their own kids. But that's a whole nother discussion. I have you mean like people. white Portland dykes that then drive them off a cliff? <laughs> it's more like white conservative Christians who think they're saving third worlders by buying them. I mean, uh, adopting them. You mean Amy Coney Barrett? Comey Barrett? Her and... Like, I know people in my personal life that have done this, too, and it doesn't tend to work out well. Like, at least half of the ones that I've met growing up ended up in prison, and some of them were for, like, violent crimes. Yeah, it's Protestant so, nonsense. It's a, I see it happening a very a lot. small subset. But. Well, Amy's Catholic. This is hers. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, Catholic nonsense, too. <laughs> you know, she, it, it can be Protestant nonsense even if she's a Catholic. I mean. That's ah. true. Um, but, okay. you know, if she, she had um, five children already. Or yeah. she was, she had four, and she was pregnant with one, and then she adopts a special needs, and then two two Haitians, so basically two special needs children. It's like every <laughs> one of your children is going to have less time and less connection to you because you did this thing. Like you're not saving these two children, you're um, you're compromising the existing relationships that you already had, and for what? And so you could work, and so you could have everybody could look at these black kids and be like, you're such a good person. Well, they didn't do that, that, though. They actually accused her of uh, some sort of like uh, racial paternalism, which I suppose is also a legitimate <laughs> argument. That's where the, le the left and I can be like, all right, <laughs> you guys okay. are arm in arm. Well, I I'm not going to be mad at anybody who who adopts a child and gives that child a, a good life. But to the point on the connection between biological child and adopted child, I mean, there's got to be information. There's there's no way those relationships are identical. There's just no way. There can't, They're they, not. It can't I'm not be. saying you can't love your adopted child, but uh, you know, now that I have kids, it's like I just can't imagine loving any other child in the way that I love the child that I grew in my own body and birthed. 
there's just there's going to be no comparison. I can never adopt a child and love that child as much as Emily. Hmm. Well, yeah, uh, I'll give you a final thought here, Phil. I'm kind of up against the clock. Yeah. Well, I was just this is kind of describes most of my worldview is like I don't I don't quite understand the worldview of people who uh, would prefer out groups to their own people. I get like not getting along with people's family and stuff, and I wonder how much of this is like fuck you dad type of stuff but like i'm i do i do <laughs> think explicitly explicitly tribally like there's no two ways about that and uh because i want what's best for like my family my group of people and like everybody else can have nice stuff but they got to build themselves i'm not paying for it that's true um before we let you go though i i do this question for kev mcdonald tomorrow because he was talking about um, how uh, kinship preference also creates these horribly corrupt societies, which is totally true. One of the reasons that African nations are so corrupt is that they have uh, these allegiances to, to their extended family, and then they put that above any kind of respect for government structure. But that's what I'm always convincing people that they should do. So how do we rebuild the West without um, mirroring the image of third world nations that are going to collapse on themselves because of their own corruption? I'll mute this stream, sorry. I think we have uh, higher IQs, and I think there was a time and place where we did have more in-group uh, affection, and it wasn't explicitly out-group affection, like English caring about the English and Germans caring about the Germans. Um, I don't think it has to be like either or. I think there can be a combination of two. All right. Well, thank you, Phil. Thanks, yep. Phil. Sorry, I muted you. My dog is barking. <laughs> have, a good, have a good night, man. Yep. Thanks. Blonde soon to be uh, queen of Rwanda confirmed. Never. Never. <laughs> I would rather be the poorest person in this country than queen of Rwanda. <laughs> you just need to practice your machete skills. You'd fit right in. Okay. I would immediately get hacked to death. I would step <laughs> off some kind of crappy airplane and then my body would just be in a, a pile of parts. Are they still fighting in Rwanda or did they hack everybody up? Is that ever getting resolved? I don't know. They're, they're probably doing some stupid tribal, you know, squabble that I don't care about. 88 M. Are you there? Yes. What's on your mind? Yeah. M. Uh, I like to, to, Two topics. You can choose which one. Okay. One, uh, no one understands the price of leadership anymore. No one understands the price of leadership? Oh, leadership. Yeah, the price. Okay. Yeah. Or no one can make a decision anymore today. Decisions. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Since we're being decisive, (laughs) let's go with that. All right. This is more like I've noticed where I've grown up is that. Mm. Definitely my parents and people around me said no one can make a decision and like follow through. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I think, uh, I think of this mostly in the context of relationships as in between men and women. And yeah. one of the, well, one of the most uh, attractive qualities you can exhibit as a man for a woman is decisiveness. I don't know what Blonde's mad about in the chat, but but um, as a man, it's very important. It's a very important leadership quality to be decisive. And yeah. when I was no younger, yeah. I was under the illusion that women want to be deferred to, that they will appreciate making decisions. Number one way to turn off a woman, give her a decision to make. Don't do it. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't she's know if like, you I don't want to bang you anymore. And I don't really understand why. <laughs> if you, uh, I don't know if you were thinking of in that context, but, but you're saying about following through too. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt that there's that. I think one of the things that irritates me the most about my generation millennials is just how flaky they are. They, they mm-hmm. say they'll do something. They don't yeah, show they don't up. Do they don't follow through. That is also a horrible quality. I, I see it more in the older generation, but I see today's generation. Like I know it's not high school. With the girls, is like, oh, being nice to you doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. All right. I'm going to keep that in my memory bank now. <laughs> hmm. But more, it's more like my dad. Like when he asks me to do something around the farm or something, he always be like, can you do me a favor? Ah, well, that's just being polite. That's very uh, nice. But yeah. for me, it's also, but it's also like, you owe me favors you owe me now? Like 2000. When do I get to collect them? <laughs> I guess so. Like, All right. You, you you paid for me for 18 years. You yeah. fed me, you clothed me, you gave me a good life. So it's like, I can return the favor. Yeah. You know, I can you know, honor my parents. And Well, I mean, that's, it sounds like you got a dad who gave you a, a, a good opportunity and a great life. And it sounds like you have a lot of respect for that. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it could, well-rounded. It's, you know, it might, it might be kind of a, maybe he's giving, he's showing you too much deference, but that's certainly not a, you know, not a major problem. I I think for me, it's that I know it's from my parents' generation and like the baby boomers is that Mm -hmm. they are running off autopilot. They know what to do, but they don't know how to explain it to the next generation. Hmm. Right. Like they, like my dad, he's a good man. He works hard, but he never really did a good job of raising us boys to be men. Hmm. Well, yeah, boomers. I, I think that something happened with the Greatest Generation because they all beat their kids. Was it the Greatest <laughs> Generation that raised the boomers? Yes. yes. Yeah, boomers were post-war births. Yeah. Every boomer that I know uh, had some like very serious element of physical abuse in their upbringing. And that huh. really damages people. It wasn't like getting spanked. It was like, like my, my grandma used to like beat my uncle with a hose and stuff. Hmm. And it was just pretty standard boomer, you know, gr- well, he upbringing. was a boomer after all. What did he do? <laughs> I know. I mean, he was like 11, <laughs> 10 or 11. doesn't matter. But you know, that's, that <laughs> fucks you up for life. That fucks you up for life. And I think that maybe they overcorrected a little bit and they kind of did this free range parenting thing where they worried about our feelings too much. And now we're all pussies. Look at blonde sympathizing with boomers. A, <laughs> well, you know, I love my parents. So <laughs> I, I agree with that. Also, my favorite part is like boomers or this old generation. When you don't know something, they look at you and go like, why don't you know that? Or they, they show you one time, like you got it now, right? You can do it, right? Yeah. And then when you can't, when you can't do it, they look at you like, oh, "I can do it." Like you've been doing it for the past thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. thank, yeah. thank, teach me something. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, have a great night. Sure. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Was that our last caller? Yeah, that'll do it on calls because we are we're over time and we do have uh, what looks like a decent amount of email questions here. Pretty so. good question. Before we do this live chat, this gag's already frustrated with me right now. Okay. What? Live chat. This is me in here. There's like a hearty debate uh, that oh. this is not me in the live chat. No, this is really me. Evil cat or whatever your name is. 
This is really me, evil black cat. There it is. Yeah. There's just a seven second delay. That's all. That's all I have to say. Yeah, you'll see. If you were to type in the chat right now, they would see your chat before you were able to talk about it because the stream takes a little bit to actually arrive. Right. Do we really have that many questions? I feel like I didn't uh, drop we, that many we have a that. few, but uh, yeah. thank you to the callers tonight. Appreciate it. If you are uh, looking to participate in the show, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, please send us an email question. Again, that's through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll respond to those at the end of the stream each week, as we will right now. Happy B says, hi, Matt and Blonde. Potentially awkward question. If you were still single now, would you? what would be the biggest age gap that you would be comfortable with in a match? I had a very attractive woman flirting with me the other day, but was shocked to learn that she is likely 15 to 20 years older than no. me. No. Ooh. Perhaps she drinks the blood of babies in order to remain youthful looking. Oh, that was the whole question. Um, well, it's a different question for Matt and I, isn't it? Uh, if I well, if I was still dating now, older than me would be almost a non-starter because I'm looking to build family, looking for marriage for the purpose of having kids. And older than me, you're almost eliminated at that point. I mean, I'm I'm turning 35 in yeah. October. Yeah, yeah. So anything more than you know, you're starting getting into your late 30s or 40s. I mean, it's that's, like you're lucky if it's you over. have one kid. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, but let's say that I I don't know. I I just have like a negative gut reaction to dating older women, and I guess I could you know there's there's some play there like if she's a year older than you or something it's not but just in general like drastically older women even if i was 20 and she was 30 and you were on the same page about family and marriage and it's gonna connect it's gonna catch up to you eventually i don't know why i have such a negative gut reaction to that maybe it's a uh, biology yeah any, i guess number of reasons yeah but but at, just from a male perspective i would I would discourage anything more than a couple years max as a, as an older woman for potential marriage. Uh, for me, if I were still single and I didn't have any children and I was my age, which is 34, uh, man, I would be taking what I could get. Um, if, especially if I wanted kids, I would date up to 55 at this point. Wow. A, thir- a single 34 year old that wants kids like you need to drastically lower yeah. your standards. I'd guess, be lucky if like a, a, a good looking 50 year old with some kids from a previous marriage and like a dead wife. That'd be like the best situation to the to maintain the uh, gender composition of the original concept here. How young would you be willing to go? Let's say you made met a 20 year old man who was on the same page as you. How young would I be able to go? Uh, 40. So you would not date younger, period. Under no circumstances hmm. would I date somebody four seconds younger than me. <laughs> All right. Well, we're on the same page there, I guess. My husband's eight years older than me. And it when we started dating, it felt like a chasm of years. And now it feels like I'm 20 years older than him. Hmm. All right. Okay. Good luck, Happy Bee, whatever you decide. Don't date an older woman. What a disaster. Um, Kitchen Singh, have you heard about the ATF op- Operation Silent Night and the armed raids they've been doing? Saw Mr. Guns and Gear shared it on Gab TLDR. Pharmabot 
Legal fuel filters for use on farm ATF and HSI got search warrants on probable cause saying they believe he will do illegal things. Mm, mm. I don't like that. Like making homemade silencers, no proof, raided his house and barn with agents in an, uh, what does, what's an MRAP? Uh, like I, I, those are uh, like armored vehicles, right? Oh, okay. And a chopper. Yeah. Full story at com slash ATF. When do we get to pull a Caesar and line the road to DC with the crucified bodies of oath keepers? <laughs> um, oath breakers. Yeah. Not oath keepers. That was, that was a bad slip. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this sounds like the same kind of overreach that that Waco and um, Ruby Ridge began with. Yeah, I don't know anything about this story, but I'll take it as true as presented. And I know Mr. Guns and Gear and I like his channel and I know him to pretty, be a pretty accurate guy. So I, I doubt that he would greatly misrepresent the story. Um, but yeah, just so people who aren't gun people understand, you're talking about oil filters yeah. that could potentially be modified to attach to a firearm to work as a silencer. But when you do that, they last maybe a couple shots too. And in this case, there's basically no demonstration as far as we can tell it, that that's what the farmer intended to do. But, you know, again, when we give them, it's important in the context of these gun, uh, these uh, gun laws that they're considering passing in DC too. When you give them more and more reasons to raid your property for silly, stupid nonsense like that, you get more and more situations like this. Don't give yeah, them more reasons to kick down reasons. your doors for doing nothing but having the wrong property. It's going to end poorly. And should there, should the oath breaking that we're looking at carry a more severe penalty? Absolutely. It should, but uh, they're going to keep, I suppose, tempting fate and yeah. keep trying it. Yep. Thanks for the info. I'll have to look into it. I uh, always do this so that you have to read this. Um. <laughs> This name jogger jigaboo moon cricket mick n-word <laughs> he said the n-word is jigaboo okay <laughs> no we've had this conversation on the chat like five years ago we talked about this so it's jogger j word okay uh you were given the infinity gauntlet from avengers i've never seen it but i don't know it must be some superpower thing <laughs> And can Thanos snap out of existence one federal agency? Okay, but if you do, Pride Month extends for an extra month per the agency you destroy. Do you make the exchange of more faggotry and degeneracy within the culture for the death of the Leviathan for the federal government? Which is worse, fags or feds? (laughs) I would take, if I could destroy the FBI, and wait, I only have to have June and July or Pride Month? You can snap alphabet agencies out of existence but for everyone you do there's another month of pride month oh i would i would take all of them out and then we would just have pride year and then all of the surplus money i would use to um squelch the gay population <laughs> the the activists the 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 people who try to force their shit on you uh, well the you pride know. parades yeah i think that we could use some drones Okay. Do we get to fight the pride parades later? That's, I guess. Yeah. This is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I would take, yeah, I would take the deal too. I guess it depends. Like is the pride parade in my town? Like how, how deep into pride year do I have to be? But I guess I have more faith in my ability to avoid the pride activists than my ability to avoid the fans. So if you ask me who I'm more worried about, 
on a day-to-day basis, the pride stuff is more annoying, I suppose, but from an actual, as an actual threat to, I suppose, not just your life and livelihood in the way that we just heard about with the farmer, yeah. but, but, um, but just the prosperity of the country. I mean, these, these people, as much as I don't like the sort of activism that we see currently and the sort of displays that we've seen in Dallas, I just don't think that they're on the scale that the damage is on the scale of, of the federal government run amok. That's not to say it's not damaging. It is right. Right. Just if I guess if I have to just on balance decide, which is a a larger force for damage, I think it's the feds. So I'll, I'll erase them and trade them for pride year. Cause we could get rid of the cultural problems, right? I think that's a lot easier than getting rid of centralized DC power. Yeah, I think I think that's true too. That guy over there. Question for Matt: You talk about that pe- the people that talked you off the leftist ledge when you were of that mind. Did you think of things in the same logical way um, you do now, or did those discussions open your eyes in some way? I want to hmm. answer this question for you. You can have at it if you have some thoughts. Oh, really? I think that you developed this way of like. Uh, looking at a problem from different angles at the at the start of your YouTube channel, but the seed was planted in college. Uh, yeah, well, I, I I have long defended my college education, and I still will. I think it was hugely valuable. I don't know that what I had was representative, certainly, of what you get today, but that was a huge part of it. I mean, my my education was Socratic method forever. Yeah. You take a position. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Why, why, yep. why, 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 defend, why. defend, defend. All right. That was uh, really valuable. But so do I think that I've, that my thought process has been similar? Probably. I mean, I, I, a lot of the values that I held then I still hold now, primarily the free speech value. Um, you know, I, I mentioned when we did the idiocracy review, I like to watch idiocracy now and look at all the fag jokes and stuff like that. And laugh now and know that I watched it in college in 2007 or whenever that was. And I thought it was funny then. So I was never this sort of um, like censorship loving totalitarian that these people. Yeah, are. yeah. I think that um, and I think I th- I think I thought in similar ways. It's just I think the premises I accepted were much more pie in the sky and less grounded in evidence. I mm-hmm. used to have a faith or a belief that government could be a force for good where the private market um was lacking, I suppose, not not creating sufficient opportunity for people. I thought that government could swoop in and be some sort of hero. It can't. It makes everything worse. <laughs> and I suppose what people have opened my eyes to, what people did open my eyes to around 2015, 2016, and even beyond that, and they still do, it's just people that I talked to were able to drill down on my first principles and get me to think about ways in which I wasn't consistent on them. For example, mm-hmm. I was playing video games on the internet and I'd get threats all the time. I thought they were hilarious. Who knows how serious they were, but I never once thought like, okay, because someone threatened me with a death threat on the internet, I should go after the speech rights of everybody else. Never thought. Yeah. Never thought about it. Yeah. Um, And then I, and you apply that same logic to guns. Well, okay. Some people abuse firearms. Does that mean that we go after the gun rights of law abiding people who've done nothing wrong? Former me would have said, yeah, we have to have all these restrictions and do X, Y, and Z. But that was a total betrayal of where I stood on. Would you really have said that though? I would have said it in a misinformed way. I didn't understand firearms and I didn't understand the law, but I bought into the common sense rhetoric 
We just have to stop bad people from getting them without but I understanding think that you that would those... have always been reasonable. Like you, you would have been able. Yeah, I was to never like kick down the doors and steal everyone's guns. Right. But it's that kind of stuff. We're just the people who persuaded me, you know, they didn't um, browbeat me into submission. They just asked me questions about what my foundational beliefs were and got me to think about applying those fundamental values to other topics or other values that maybe I wasn't consistent on. Yeah. And and that's how it, that's how it happened. But, uh, and that's how it happened. Yes. Uh, thanks for the question. Meg says, uh, here's one for you. Blonde, where did you buy your pink and green dress that you wore at Brittany's wedding and the recent meetup? Oh, it's just a pink dress. I wore it to my engagement party. I'm wearing it to a wedding this summer. I had it custom made on Etsy by this old Ukrainian woman. Ukrainian? She did an amazing job. Yeah. What is she was this? like an old seamstress <laughs> and she, I sent her my measurements and everything like that. And then she made this beautiful bestoke dress for me for like $150. Still my favorite dress, but mm. she does not do it anymore. She's Has she probably been dead. Putin out of business? No, I think she's just old and dead. I think she stopped oh. doing it before um, Ukraine got bombed a bunch. Got it. Allegedly. I thought you didn't buy into that. I thought it was I hoax. Don't know. Uh, I, I, the thing about this is that I'm, I'm too, I don't care enough to even find out if it's a conspiracy. <laughs> well, the coach red, th- red pill thing just took all the wind out of my sails. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that. What happened after he's just back in as normal now. So that was it. He just disappeared, but then he escaped Ukrainian. He, scra- he escaped his Ukrainian captors and now he's fine. That's how that went. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you, is this one yours or mine? Uh, oh, it's mine. Um, somebody offered you uh, a two hundred thousand dollar PA. Is that physician or physician's assistant or personal assistant? Or I was personal thinking Pennsylvania. <laughs> it can't but, be that. I think yeah. personal assistant probably. If somebody okay. offered you a two hundred thousand personal assistant job with a stipulation that you should be off social media, would you accept it at this point in time right now? Hell no, I wouldn't accept it. My job is amazing. I get to sit online and shit talk about things I'm truly interested in on my own schedule while I raise a family. It's like this could not, I would not do that job. I'm not even joking for a million dollars a year. Wow. Um, Because it just doesn't matter to me as much as quality of life. Well, personal assistants have shitty jobs. Yeah. I mean, as I say, there is a price to to do just about any job, you know, and, and first and foremost, my job is to provide for my family. And that's a that's an attractive number that would be hard to refuse. You know, however, to your point, there is a high value, a high non monetary value uh, in what I'm able to do now and my love for it and and the sort of flexibility that it does offer uh, for me to be with my family, too. So um, right now, I I. I mean, I don't want to, I, as we were talking about on Sunday, I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing. So yeah. I don't think I would take that deal, but, um, you know, I, I'd have to, I, anytime off someone offers you a number like that, I think you have to think about it for the benefit of your family, yeah. but I, I don't think I would take it. I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's not that much money. Add a zero and I'm in, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll do whatever you want. All right. We can make the uh, Matt and I once made love chats come true for a zero. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. But whiskey noodle says some states are 
Making moves to outlaw drag shows involving children, this could involve removing children from the custody of parents who take their kids. Is this government overreach or does the government have a duty to protect children from their parents here, if at all? This is, uh, wow. Well, I I, I don't know what your reaction is, but um, I find these questions very difficult to navigate. On the one hand, it's hard for me to look at what happened at Dallas, uh, in Dallas at that gay bar, and call it really anything other than child abuse. On the other, I... The standard has to be so high uh, to, from taking kids from their parents. Like, yeah. Do you have anxiety dreams about somebody trying to take Calvin from you? I don't think I've ever had a dream, but I know that if such a situation uh, were to arise, that it's my job to put my life on the line to yeah, end I, that I just, situation. Ugh, I can't even talk about it without... It, I, so... I guess my preferred solution to a situation like this, do I have a problem with a law that would say you cannot have sexualized entertainment for children? That is to say that the sort of thing that happened at the gay bar in Dallas, uh, would I have a problem with um, the state of Texas or the city of Dallas outlawing that sort of thing and Mm -hmm. penalizing the bar for hosting it? I don't have a problem with that at all. I'm not sure I would be willing to go as far as to say all the parents there should have the children seized from them. Um, particularly if I guess if you could show that there was a pattern of behavior that was routinely exposing these kids to forms of sexualized or sexual abuse in that way. Right. But man, the, the, the sword that is seizing children from their parents' custody for one offense is a very dangerous sword to be swinging around. So, my preference, if I was if I was going to make a law on this sort of thing, would be to um, would be to go after the venue rather than to go after the parents. Yeah, I, it pains me, but I'm inclined to agree. It just makes me so mad to see stuff like this or the gender transitioning children. Um, but taking away parental rights is such a it's such a slippery slope. It, it is. I, I mean, it, you know, you talk about. Talk about uh, forms of power that can be wielded against you. That's a very dangerous one. You know, as soon as you start being, I guess what I'm saying is if I have to make, if I have to have an error here, if I have to be incorrect in where I would draw this line, I want to err on the side of parental rights because that's extremely important. Even parental rights for things that I think are horrible uh, in this case. That doesn't mean that I think those parents were right to take them to that show. I think they were wrong. I just know that the, the uh, potential danger in a state that uh, is not sufficiently deferential to, per- to parental rights. That's not only how you um, put in individual parents in bad situations and you create the sort of potentials for violence that we we're talking about, even with the ATF raids, but you do that too much. I mean, that's, that's like war starting type stuff too. It is. So yeah. I just, I want to be very careful with that. Mm. Kate is uh, up Kate. next. Is that you? Yeah. What are all the different colored pills I keep hearing about on your show? Black pilled, white pilled, et cetera. Where do these yeah. terms come from? Uh, I'm sure these are originated from the Matrix, which famously gave you the blue pill or the red pill. The blue pill was to allow you to continue living in the um, Matrix. <laughs> I was like, what's the word I'm looking for? And the red pill was to see the world as it really is, even though it's more painful. The white pill, I don't know. We just developed this at some point, not Matt and I, but somebody on Fortune, um, is when you feel uh, good about the future of this country, the cultural situation. Black pill is that you feel like it's hopeless. 
clown pilled is that you've already feeling like been feeling like it's hopeless for so long that you just don't care anymore. Yeah, clown pill is like the black comedy pill, I suppose. And then Ted pill is the ultimate <laughs> pill, and that's where you've read Ted Kaczynski's manifesto and you realize that nothing you've ever believed before matters except for this. Ah. There are a few other rare pills here and there, but I think that covers pretty much all that of them. It covers them all, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Daniel uh, Daniel Zermeno says, uh, Blonde, I don't know if you ever, ever read Atlas Shrugged. In the book, the actual, uh, quote-unquote, producers basically give up on the country and let them slowly destroy themselves till the country collapses. Do you think we we're at that point and that there is no point keeping everything going, uh, keeping everything going for them since they can't produce anything themselves? I haven't read it. Um, I don't know what my reticence um, to read Atlas Shrugged or The Fountainhead is. I think it's because uh, it would appeal to my latent libertarianism. I don't really want to do that. It's not a part of myself that I particularly like. Although if there is some accelerationist element, although that's not really what he's describing. They just give up and let them destroy themselves. Hmm. Um, are we at that point that we should give up? Is that what he's asking? Or just that people who are producers, people who are productive will stop seeing the benefit, the fruits of their labor, and we'll just kind of give up on that. Um, well, we're definitely at that point. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen lots of people who were formerly productive. We, we have a labor force that's still below where it was two years ago. We've, we have a million plus people in this country who are formerly productive and currently I won't say they're not productive for all I know. They're doing things like homemaking, like homeschooling. They're, right. they're, I'm sure they're doing productive things, but maybe more family focused. A lot of them, at least. And uh, less focused on providing a good or service for society at large or the economy at large. Right. So that's the way I would see this going. I think productive people. And I know this question was for you, so I, I apologize. Was for it? Hijacking. But I think it's, you just asked me about. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think productive people kind of just have something inherent in them. You know, it's like they just they have a drive to make things or to improve things. But if you don't see the benefit of doing that for society at large, I think that energy just turns inward and they probably just build things for their families and for themselves. That's probably the way that this goes. So I don't think they're going to be sitting on couches, but they're just not going to make stuff for other people to buy. They'll make stuff for themselves. Agreed. Um, oh, it's my turn. Uh, Ryan, hey guys, you think joining the military is worth it nowadays? My family has been in the army for two generations, and I've got Navy and family as well. Hmm. I do. I want to do the reserves, but all with all the gay nonsense and shit, I feel like the military doesn't have the same coolness it once had. I mean, the benefits are good and the pension is good, but uh, you know they're supposed to be the reserves. Like you reserve them in case of a war and like then yeah. you have to send them. But they just use the res- they deploy the reserves all the time. Yeah. Um, especially in the Marine Corps. So is it worth it? You have no idea what kind of dumbass foreign war we're going to be involved in in like five to ten years. Is it worth it for a pension that's going to be worth nothing yeah. in 20 years? Is it worth it for some health insurance when like we're all going to have some witch doctor healer when society collapses that's going to be rubbing honey in our wounds? Hmm. I don't know, man. You got to make your own determination. I think it's much more likely that we'll get involved in some bullshit foreign war and they'll send you and then you'll die doing something that doesn't matter or make an impact on a 
national or global scale, but we'll or Joe Biden's going to give you an order to kick down your neighbor's door and take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Do I think it's worth no? <laughs> I mean, it sucks because I, I have a, a great level of admiration for the military. I, Me too. I, yeah. I, and I have a great level of admiration for anybody who decides to, to make that effort. Um, and, you know, frankly, I wish I would have done it myself. I consider it a personal regret really? that I did. Yeah, I, w- I wish I would have been in the military. I think I should have uh, put more serious thought to that. But um, I guess I guess I would want to know. I don't know a lot of guys who are currently in. So when I see this stuff like from, the you know, the Marine Corps gay pride post the other day or whatever, a lot of the stuff we've seen from the Secretary of Defense, for example, over the last few years, Lloyd Austin about all this. Uh, and 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 uh, General Milley about like, well, I'm white and I want to understand white rage and all this nonsense you've heard from the commanders. Yeah. How much has that stuff actually infiltrated, you know, your ju- just your typical unit of grunts? Is oh, it really yeah, there yeah. or is it? I I mean, you still have to serve with all these women. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'd, I'd just be I'd be interested to know and to see how much it's changed at just the typical enlisted soldier or Marine level over the last 20 years. I don't have a lot of insight on that because I don't know a lot of people currently in that situation who could explain how things might be different. Um, That said, you know, if if it was like, like I think 20 years from now or something or 18 years from now, if I was advising my son on how he should, what he should do uh, as he becomes an adult, you know, it'd be very hard for me to advise him going to college. I think given the stuff I've seen from the military, it pains me to say, but it, it would actually be very hard for me to advise that not because of the danger, but because of the same sort of ideological forces that are present there. I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I don't think it, I just don't know enough to say it would be a bad decision. Cause I just don't have the experience. But uh, I, I guess I, I think that for your average young man, there's probably better opportunity outside of both college and the military at this point, which is a yeah. weird thing to say. But I think it might I be I can't true. believe it either, but here we are. Hmm. Well, whatever you decide, man. And of course, uh, thank you for to your family for all of their service as well. Did I read that one? I think so. Long Dong John says, uh, as us Aussies will start to face a similar dilemma over the next year. If someone who you know voted for Biden came to you and asked for your help, would you give it to them or would there be any strings attached? Well, what kind of help are we talking about? If it's just like, uh, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a fellow citizen in need of a quick favor. Will you do it? I mean, obviously, I'm not going to vet that person for their political persuasion. I'll, I'll help them. Um but it, but let's say that there's like a charity. How about this though? Let's say that there's uh, Girl Scouts selling cookies at the grocery store with like overt Biden T-shirts, or there's some charity fundraiser that's politicized with left-wing progressive Biden, whatever. In that case, I'm probably less inclined to participate. So I guess for me, it depends on the degree to which you're shoving it in my face. If you're just asking citizen to citizen for little help. Sure. I mean, that's not political to me, but if you're making it political, well then fuck off. That's probably, well, there are some people in my life that I love that have voted for Biden and I help them all the time. Um, yeah, I guess you're a stranger and you voted for Biden. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) 
It's like that guy I saw walking around downtown Bozeman the other week. As far as I can tell, unironically wearing a rainbow Biden Harris T-shirt. And I'm thinking, come on, man. I get the people <laughs> come who come on, man. You hate Trump. You hate uh, you. Th- you know, whatever. You you just thought you wanted a return to normalcy with with Biden. But to be this late into it and to look at the state of the world and still be actively pro Biden wearing the T-shirt. I mean, those people. I don't even know. At that point, you're just too far lost. I don't. We don't share anything. We can't be friends. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Lee is up next. As a trucker, I haven't seen diesel under five dollars a gallon since February. I looked it up, and the average price is five seventy a gallon, record high. It's risen over two dollars since the beginning of the year. I know that it has an impact on prices, but not how much. Do either of you have an idea on um on the prices of of goods and services in the United States? Is that what he's asking? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to give you an. It's got to vary by good and service, too. Some are more diesel dependent than others, but almost everything that moves is diesel dependent. Diesel dependent, right. Uh, So I would say that the people experiencing the most food inflation are in urban centers. Hmm. Probably, right? Like New York. Places that aren't surrounded by a lot of... I don't know anything about New York. All the New Yorkers are going to email me and be like, we have tons of farmland out here and it grows. But I I assume that like not a lot grows. It's really cold and far north. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I couldn't give you exact numbers, Lee, but the uh, the answer is every cent that fuel increase uh, increases corresponds with an increase in pretty much everything else. And um, yeah, I I never thought I'd see the day. Gas in Montana has... I mean, I don't know how it compares to all states, but it's it's generally like it's often lower than the national average or, you know, right about there. And to see it creeping up on five bucks a gallon. Oh, my gosh. Is, is, it's wild. Yeah, it's just I, I got, uh, you know, I drive a very lesbian Subaru sedan, as we all know, and I filled it up. Uh, I, I had just under a half tank and I filled it up the other day. And it was over 50 bucks because I bought like 10 point whatever gallons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Just don't drive anywhere. But that's, uh, did you see Debbie Stabenow, the Michigan senator at the uh, Senate hearing the other day? She, she, she said, say, get an electric car. I drove from Michigan in my electric car to DC and I passed all the gas stations and it didn't matter at all how high the prices were. Look at me. Wow. Congratulations. Don't they cost 50 grand? Yeah. Congratulations on fleecing all of us peons. Yeah, really. To get your uh, handsome congressional salary to buy uh, an electric car. Glad it's working out. All right. Uh, I'm up next. Blank. uh, No name here. Blonde. Did you hear that on June 11th, 2022, that your city in your city, there's going to be a drag show and the satanic church coming together. So they're not even hiding it anymore. They worship Satan. Um, yeah, I just showed everybody my massive pit stains. I didn't realize how hot, I don't know about your weather out here, but it was like winter. And then yesterday it was, it was summer again. Uh, yeah, we had a, a cool and, and wet spring. It's just been miserable. Anyway, yeah. I'm going on June 11th for anybody. Cause Jer- uh, I almost said Jared Lamont. What's his name? Daryl Lamont, Lamont Jenkins. Jenkins is going to be uh, there. Jared Holt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, couldn't be more different people physically, but I have still managed to confuse them. I'm going to go and see what the protests are like and take some pictures of that massive orb of a man. See if he remembers you. He'll remember you. 
Do you think so? That's so this that's this Saturday. So uh, you're telling me you might have some Daryl footage to present on Sunday. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, as soon as you get photos or video, you got to send them to me because I need to have that prepped. What do I even say to him? Pat. <laughs> hey, you fat piece of shit. You told me you'd ruin my <laughs> life, but you never did. What the hell's up with that? No, I'm still waiting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ed. How much established science do you think is fake? I read an article this week that probably 50% of scientific studies are bullshit. Um, <laughs> and, you know, with my OCD medical research, I'm constantly reading studies that directly contradict each other, even though both of them are like meta studies or longitudinal or they have similar sample size or their perspective, like studies that in all other senses, same confounding factors and everything like that are like really, really good comparisons. Um, and then they reach um, absolutely contrary results. I read things like that all the time. I would love to sit here and say that some things are so objectively, scientifically, demonstrably true that the consensus view on them is so obvious and the, the data and the evidence are all so clear that scientific bias couldn't possibly sway them. And maybe this isn't that big of a problem. Maybe we're yeah. overstating it, but I can't look at the last two years and conclude anything remotely close to that because all we saw was a whole bunch of scientifically dubious <laughs> claims emerge and then get supported in lockstep <laughs> by all of the scientists only to come back after the fact and say that a lot of the stuff that the so-called conspiracy theorists were saying for years was yeah. true it's true. Yeah. So I I wish I could say that I have more faith in the evidence and the objectivity of the people studying these things. But I don't. I, I, I can't because I whether it's because they're so politically biased, I think that's some of it is these people. People in these fields tend to be sort of if you're an academic researcher at an at a university, for example, you're kind of uh, insulated from market reality. You become sort of a you know, a Marxist theorist, like a lot of these professors who are too, where you, you don't really have to worry about you know, making a, a market uh, or making a marketable product or an appealing product to sell or anything like that. You can exist in your own bubble and your ideology mm -hmm. can rule the day. Uh, I think that's some of it. But I think the other part of the um, of why the quote unquote science goes the way that it does with near unanimity. Unanimity? Unanimity. It's that kind of night. Yeah, near unanimity. is just because there are so many axes potentially swinging too. People get in line because they have a job that they need to protect. And if they were to go against the, the uh, status quo, the conventional wisdom, then, you know, then it's their livelihood that's on the line. So I think that's a, lar a large part of it too. Oh, I won't say anything that contradicts the, uh, you know, the Pfizer and Moderna science because my job depends on it. Right, right. Uh, did I so, read that one? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Gil oh, I'll just take this one. Gilgamesh says, Blonde and Matt, did you hear about uh, Oregon having a rocket, a skyrocket of overdoses after they decriminalized drugs in Oregon? I've not heard that, but I suppose I could. Um, I suppose I could believe that. And I'll take that premise as true. It's a, the drug stuff I find very difficult to navigate um, philosophically because it, as a matter of not as a matter of morality, but as a matter of law. You know, I view the role of the government as defending the rights of the individual from infringements from others. And if you're consuming drugs, it might be 
totally damaging and completely unwise. But if but, no one has forced them on you and you have voluntarily chosen to consume them, are anyone's rights violated? And so in, in a purely principled sense, I, I think no. And so I wouldn't necessarily favor the criminalization of, I guess, mere possession or consumption of drugs. But on the practical side of it, I can't deny the reality that if there's no uh, pushback on the sort of ramp, uh, just just rabid drug consumption that we see in Oregon or, you know, like Portland or Seattle or anything like that, it has the obvious uh, effect of just decaying society and and i guess inevitably victimizing others in that way because you have hobos on the street <laughs> it's like nobody wants to live in a city where you're stepping over hobos you know nobody nobody wants to. so i guess in the ideal world my solution would be um you know proper families with proper values who don't have use for this sort of thing that would be my ideal solution i suppose if i had to be a little more practical and say okay that doesn't catch everything and Maybe uh, we should be a little more interventionist with the hobo on the street shooting up, even if in the strictest possible sense, he may not be violating the rights of others. I don't know. I, I have a really tough time uh, um, navigating that one, but seeing the consequences of being too lenient on this, I suppose I should probably be willing to bend principle a little bit in the interest of community welfare. I don't want to go too far down on that, but yeah. down that road, because it's not. You know, it's not the the it's not the path my principles would dictate, but I, I I'd have to be an idiot to look at San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, and be like, no, no, this is fine. This is exactly exactly how we want things to be because nobody's rights are being violated. It's cool. Yeah, really. Um, this is from Leslie. <clears throat> oh, you don't have any thoughts? I thought you were what? I mean, I I've done a bunch of videos on this, and oh, okay. I guess this is the most unsurprising outcome from a policy decision I've ever seen. Like, like obviously this is what's going to happen. What should, should we be more hardline about criminalizing drugs or what, what would be the solution? Well, I think that what, what they did in Portugal is what we need to do. I'm not sure that decriminalization is the answer, although they, they, they did do that in Portugal, but I think that reintegration into society through meaningful work um, is the best way to reduce recidivism in terms of mm. nonviolent drug uh, criminal offenses. Mm. And so if we can do that, like I'm not super into like, you know, worker programs at, at prisons or whatever, but people that are in jail for nonviolent drug offenses, it's like once you've done your time, they need to be reintegrated in a meaningful way in society. They need to rebuild mm. their lives, their families and everything like that. Um, so whatever we can do to, to do that, I, I would advocate for, but in terms of decriminalizing drugs, like, obviously this is going to, it's not only going to increase the amount of drug use within a given population, but it's going to cause migration of drug addicts. That's what we've seen. It's not like everyone in Seattle became a heroin addict. It's like all these heroin addicts in Colorado were like, oh, let's move to Seattle because mm -hmm. we're not going to keep getting these, these heroin charges, these prostitution charges, things like that. Mm -hmm. Now you can steal stuff. <laughs> well, uh, I wonder, maybe not in San Francisco anymore now that Chase Abudin is gone. Although that's state law, right? So, <laughs> yeah, probably. They got to change state law to go after people for these thefts. Yeah, um, I know. Up to $750 you can steal without consequence in Seattle. Is that no consequence or it's just misdemeanor? I forget how it works. No, they don't charge people anymore. Uh, yeah. Um, well, we'll Leslie. see. Leslie. Blonde, how would you feel about an immigration moratorium on men? 
mothers and minors, only marriageable maidens may migrate to America. I like the alliteration. Supply and demand would keep the incels from mass shootings while providing healthy competition in the dating market for career hmm. women. When women find that only that the only way to find a man is to get married, they might chill out before they're too old to have kids. Um, in theory, I like this. I do like it. It would make American women shape up. Like if we had to deal with like a bunch of 17-year-old Latinas, I think we would be doing a better job. Hmm. But well, uh, on principle, we can't. We have to have a cross-the-board moratorium on immigration. I wonder, um, the healthy comp, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in this healthy competition argument, but just as a matter of numbers, like if you drastically change the numerical balance between men and women, um, you're still going to have a lot, whether it's the immigrant women or whether it's the American women, still going to be a lot of women without husbands. And while that does provide an incentive for women to shape up single women, tend yeah. to be some of the craziest people on the planet. So yeah, yeah. by necessity, you are creating a larger population. Well, no, maybe you're not. Maybe you, maybe this, maybe the percentage of single women actually stays the same because a bunch of people come in, they get married. I don't know. I need to know what the number of single women will be. If it increases, I oppose because those are dangerous people. It's pretty anti-white though. <laughs> it is and then i well, think I don't that know, there not, would they, probably be a lot of um a lot of uh breaking up of the nuclear family too she's not even specifying where they're coming from she just I says assume mexico i mean yeah, i don't know if they're asian we're screwed we should american <laughs> women should just give up yeah. uh, i don't know and then what are they going to do for work like we only have so many toilets <laughs> they're going to clean their husband's toilets of course hmm anyway all right thank you for the interesting hypothetical uh let's catch up on chat we'll call it a night um yeah let me i'll get tippy stream quickly here if we have anything there um bane koof says just wondering if you got my emails on scripture regarding revelation and death and actually bane koof i might have missed uh your chat at the very end of sunday's stream uh and yes i did see that you chatted about that too um, I'm not sure that I, at least I've been doing my best to keep up on emails. Um, after Sunday, we have had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of email traffic too. So it's possible that I missed it. Um, so I'm not sure the specific email, uh, but it's possible that it's still sitting in my inbox because there's a lot of stuff still sitting in my inbox. Um, but thank you, Bain Koof. I appreciate it. And if I did miss your chat on Sunday, I'm sorry that I did. Uh, and uh, appreciate your support. Thank you. Um, are you good over there? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Mr. B says maniac Latin disciples wear baby blue. Oh, there, there you go. So I have joined, I have officially joined a Chicago Latin X gang. <laughs> Although I'm sure they go with Latino. Mojack 420 man punctures long after eating cereal with no milk. <laughs> what? What's that about? Um, he just, he just, uh, inhaled all the cereal. Oh, no milk. Well, no milk. Uh, that's another interesting question. Do you eat dry cereal? That's sociopathic. I'm trying to think. Uh, no, I couldn't tell you the last time that I have. Although, uh, baby loves dry cereal. Big fan. You can only do it if you're under two. That's it. Yeah. PFABs, Matt's response made me feel bad. You didn't grovel. It was a joke. We love the show. Jeez, ah. to make me feel bad. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, I, I guess maybe we just read it wrong too. I don't know. No, I don't know. It's uh, appreciate appreciate the support. I just I I thought that I made your wife barf, and I didn't want to make anyone's wife barf. So. <laughs> Holden, Mulray, hey amigos, as if Tennessee needed another accolade, I saw recently they repealed sales tax on precious metals. Curiously, mm. California does not tax it either above a certain amount. God bless you both. God bless you too. That's the sweet. golden state. Uh, maybe they have a few things going for them. Thank you, Holden. Appreciate that. I don't, I guess I'm not aware of a tax on precious metals in this state though. Not that I'm like the biggest buyer, but I try to if buy. You have sales tax, don't you? We don't have sales tax. Oh, then except for certain right? resort communities. So I actually don't know. But we have income tax, and um, I've only bought some silver here and there. I'm not the biggest, uh, not the biggest precious metals guy. But you know, as as everything goes to crap, precious metals get a, you know more and more attractive. And I know there's precious metals have serious volatility, just like a lot of different investments. But the more serious things look, the more I'm attracted to stuff that I can physically trade. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah. Just like having things that I can physically give to people in exchange for whatever it is I need in the new world. <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of where my mind's at. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and then we have Plum Logan. Chinese make the best spies. I almost said that spices. You never mm. notice when they're squinting at something they're not supposed to see. Also, they're ninja <laughs> tricks. Aren't the Japanese the ninjas? Squinty by default. Well, uh, Wait, yeah. Jackie no, Chan is Chinese. Jackie Chan's Chinese. Cha, cha, cha. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. Remember, I wonder if Jackie Chan ever reunited with his daughter. Such a sad story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember that weird nonsense? Yeah, that was so long ago. If people don't remember, Jackie Chan's daughter became a weird, crazy lesbian and made videos on YouTube claiming that Jackie Chan hates her and she needed to raise money with her weird lesbian girlfriend because they were running away from bigotry. But they also gave no way to send them money. And Jackie Chan, resp- Jackie Chan responded, I have no idea what my daughter's talking about. I would really love to talk to her. She does not return my calls. Yeah, <laughs> I, I call her all the time. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, that sucks. Anticipated long-time watcher, first-time Super Chatter. What are your thoughts on Dave Rubin and his partner renting wombs to have children? Ooh, oh, man. We have talked We've about talked this. We've talked about this so much. Um, I don't know. I think it's super fucked up. My, I can't get behind this. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, I, I won't go into the full detail that I did, uh, before and I, you know, so I, I, I don't want to do the full qualifier either. My skepticism of this, my problems with this are not personal with Dave Rubin. I have a, a big appreciation for him. He's been influential on me and very kind to me personally. So it's not a personal attack. However, uh, the intentional creation of life with the intent of removing that life from its mother, which is not just being done. Uh, it's being, it's being done by the women participating in this too. I think, I think that that is a highly questionable arrangement. Uh, and, and no, I don't think it's a morally square arrangement if you ask me personally. And that would be my biggest objection to it. Uh, the, the, the womb rental, as you put it, I mean, there is an interesting moral question there too. If prostitution is wrong, if it's wrong to, sell your body for the sexual gratification of another. Um, This is not sale for the sexual gratification, of course, but it is the sale of your body in service to another. Um, I guess the question would be, and you know, this isn't my, again, it's not my priority uh, critique of it, but to the extent that prostitution has moral questionables, questionables about it, what is it that separates this sort of arrangement morally from prostitution. It's an interesting thing to think about yeah. too. 
That's legitimate. Um, yeah. But and I guess. I guess my biggest problem with it, too, is that it is the creation of life. It's the creation of these kids. Um, which should be pri- like the child has to be priority. And to me, this arrangement means that the lifestyle is priority. The child will fit into it. Mm-hmm. So I see. I just think that, it, that the child is not given the heightened, the apex priority that it deserves. The child is actually secondary to a lifestyle priority that must be served and and i i just take issue with that i don't think that it's a proper order of priorities and um but that said those rightly or wrongly those those children are lives now they deserve the same protection and uh, as any other life and i hope they're given the best possible life that they can and you know i don't i don't know dave and his husband super well but they do strike me as as genuinely good people and you know, I, I, I'm sure those kids will have the best life that they can in this arrangement. And, uh, and you know, now that this thing is in play, that's that's what you have to hope for. So I, I'm sure they'll do that. My dog's freaking out. Would you mind reading a few yeah. of these? I'm on Jay. Yeah. If Jay says, want- oh, Sorry. go for it. Did you want me to read or you to read? <laughs> okay. Jay says, if you want to know how the Chinese infiltrate corporations and steal intellectual property, Google a thousand talents. And picking flowers in foreign lands to make honey in China. I'll have to take your word for it because I can't do it on the spot right now. But uh, all right. That's, uh, I'd like to know more about that. So I'll have to check it out. Cesarean Pizza says, inspire to send show art. What kind of refrigerators do you guys have? If you butter two slices of bread and put them together, is that a sandwich? Okay. Uh, you want to? I ta- don't know. And no, it's not a sandwich. Are we talking kind as in brand or are we talking kind as in style? It's a Samsung, and that's all I know about it. We, uh, I, I had our refrigerator breakdown right after Calvin was born, so I had to buy a fridge, and there were like three available in this town. This was back in the fall, so we had to buy a fridge that I think was a little bit nicer than I would have normally purchased if the market was normal. We got the like French door style one with the two doors that open, and it's all one big fridge, and then you have the freezer pull out down low. Nice. It's the best fridge <laughs> arrangement. And, you know, I question because it was expensive at the time and it's like, God, it's either this or no fridge. I questioned the the wisdom of that purchase, but a French door fridge is primo. I would recommend it to anybody. As far as it being a sandwich, I, I mean, what's the definition of a sandwich? Let me look this up because I'm inclined to say yes, but that's based on a, a gut reaction. Sandwich definition. What's um. What's your reason to say no? Because it's it's a it's not a it's not even a condiment. It's just okay. a a bread accoutrement. Here's the uh, definition according to Google: sandwich, an item consisting of two pieces of bread with meat, cheese. No, wait, an item of food consisting of two pieces of bread with meat, cheese, or other filling between them, eaten as a light meal. Let's put it this way: a peanut butter sandwich is. For sure a sandwich. We agree on that? Fine. I'm not happy about it, though. I mean, I, I share your skepticism, but I can't give a, a principled reason why it would not be considered a sandwich. If butter is a distinct filling, it's got to be a sandwich. All right. Maybe we'll get some pushback later on, but in the interest of time, I'll leave that there. Let's see. Uh, 
Xander Jones says, wife and I are unable to have children, but I assure you, we love our adopted twins just as much as you love your biological ones. Love you guys. Always willing to share uh, our story. No, and I, I, I I'm not, I'm not saying you don't, of course. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is it the exact same thing? I think that there's kind of a biological programming that exists. And that's not to say that you don't love your adopted children. You don't do a good job with them. Any of that. It's just that I think they're, they're, there's got to be some biological differences in how that relationship plays out. I agree. And I support adoption if couples cannot have children because then you have no point of comparison anyway. Well, I mean, we, we've talked about um, adopting maybe later if there's a child who is, you know, in, in a particular need, if we're able to provide for a child who is in a terrible situation, maybe we would do that. But um you know, we're, we're able to have our own kids. We want our own kids. And frankly, I want the experience of parenting my own child first. And maybe that'll prepare me for an adoption later. But to the point of adoption, I mean, I, I don't talk about it very much, but my wife was adopted. My wife was uh, an unplanned pregnancy. And oh, um, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. And, and uh, we talk about these adoption things somewhat frequently. I can't get too personal because I don't want to overstep text you, incoming. Yeah. What you might appreciate or not. But uh, obviously I have a high appreciation for adoption um, because it, 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 that is what uh, cultivated the life that became my wife. And so I, I don't look down on adoption in any way. I just, I just wonder how the relationship differs from biological child. Uh, white oh, Turkey sorry. 20 says, I don't like cocaine, just the smell of it. That's a good excuse. Uh, person, person, peanut yeah. butter is not a condiment where butter is. Buttered bread is not a sandwich. Okay. I'm, wait, I'm wait, glad somebody the definition of condiment. How is butter not a condiment? A substance such as salt or ketchup that is used to add flavor to food. Butter is for sure a condiment. Mm. What is butter if not a condiment? I don't know, man. I don't think it's a condiment. Well, what the hell is it? A condiment's like you're it's like um it's like as important as the bread it's like bread too you know uh according to what is compound butter the hell is that i don't know okay anyway uh wikipedia lists <laughs> compound butter as a as a condiment i think it's condiment but in the interest of time we got to leave that one uh, okay, I think we're good. All right. Uh, anything? Let me uh, refresh over on. Oh, wait. Uh, we have one more. Adam over on YouTube says, Listener, since about 2017, first time chatter, uh, since Dave Rubin's family planning came up, uh, again, would either of you hold a radically different opinion of a straight couple who needed uh, rent-a-womb service to start a family? That's an interesting... Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, hypothetical, too. I think I would, but you probably wouldn't. So the arrangement would be here's the question though is needed a rent a womb service to start a family. So is the mom in this situation, the biological mom and they need a surrogate? Yes. Or are they, are they taking an egg from another person and putting it in another person? You know, I guess in a situation where mom is not being intentionally erased from the calculation, I probably have less of an issue with it. Um, Maybe there's a biological reason for that. You know, again, um, I think that the problem with the arrangement uh, in the Rubin situation is that 
it is there's no there's no biological necessity i suppose there's no biological reason why they can't be biological parents it's just a lifestyle um you know i guess i'll say the word a lifestyle choice frankly that the child has to be inserted into i mean i what i'm saying is like the decision to be together in that marriage is fundamentally a choice there are behavioral elements that are that are choice i can't call them anything else and the children are being pushed into that lifestyle while the mother is being erased. That's my problem with it. If you're not erasing mom, I maybe have less of a problem with it, but I am hmm. going to murder my dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't uh, know what, what he's barking. I, nobody's here. So yeah. Uh, okay. We are all set on, uh, on the chats uh, and on the calls tonight. Appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you as always for hanging out with us and for your, uh, whoops, that's the wrong one. Here we go. Your difficult, but uh, well, your difficult hypotheticals that we have to navigate. That's always fun too. And I'll, I guess I'll have to do research on a few things, surrogate moms and butter as a compound condiment. butter. Yeah. And what the hell compound butter is anyway. We'll be back on Sunday to talk about whatever happens between now and then. I'm sure there'll be more information on this Kavanaugh situation. And if you need anything in the meantime, check out the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. Blonde has some interviews coming up as well over on her channel. Potential Daryl Lamont Jenkins footage on Sunday, so don't miss it. 